is Sunday evening. It is Memorial Day weekend for our friends across the pond in the great US of A. It is, I don't know, summer bank holiday weekend, I guess, for the folks over there in Blighty. Yeah, probably one of the Queen's birthdays. She's got probably, yeah. Um, Greedy cow. Yeah, probably her, her the day her favourite scepter was crafted or whatever the <laughs> fuck. I, I don't know. Um, and here in, in, in the good old free state and most of the rest of the world, it is just it is just double or nothing weekend, baby. We've got uh, we've got a, uh, a jam-packed show for you, as always. We've got a quiz. We've got wrestling golf. We've got life golf. We've got movies, TV, games, all the stuff you've come to expect here from the Chair Shop Podcast. And we will be capping it off with a double or nothing preview to end the show there. More professional than I usually am there, giving a rundown of what's to come, the show we're going to talk about, all that good stuff. Don't get used to it. Um, <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Barry, as always, joined by Paul. Hello. A little dab for the benefit of literally just me and jokes. We will, <laughs> we will never do a video component of this show, but what are you going to do? Uh, and Joe is also with us, of course. Hello. Hello. Lads, we're back. It's another weekend. Um, it, it, it has been a, if, you know, I, I, I hope you've been, you've had a good few days, Joe, because it has been picture perfect bank holiday weather, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. at least here. Uh, I went for a little drive. Um, earlier with the misses, uh, I say I say I went for a drive. Brona drove. I still don't drive. Uh, I'm holding out strong. Thirty years strong, almost. Uh, no driving. Um, but we went to Killaloo, which is a a lovely little seaside. I don't even know if it's a seaside necessarily. Is that just like a big lake? I don't know. It's a nice place with water. Very picturesque, lovely little uh, Irish town. Um, it's and- a good Rockbusters answer. What's that? Uh, murder at toilet and that oh kill a <laughs> well don't spoil the quiz but it is small irish town busters um <laughs> uh, so so yeah but uh, and it's also like the designated point when it's a sunny bank holiday weekend uh, limerick and the surrounding counties to descend upon it and it was absolute it was the traffic was mayhem but once we were there it was fine it was actually lovely got a 99 got an ice cream of course Mm. Uh, no sauce or any of that extra stuff for me, baby. Just put the flake in it. That's all I want. Ooh. Nothing else. Uh, Let so me you... interrupt you quickly, Barry, with, with a, a side story. We, um, Natty and myself, when, when we were up at her parents last month, um, the ice cream van was going around. <laughs> and her brother lives close by, and he ran out, and he was buying ice creams for the whole family, buying like eight ice creams. Right? And the ice cream man was so like talkative Obnoxious? obnoxiously so <laughs> um because you know obviously natty's family is brazilian so the second he heard the accent the ice cream was oh where are you from spain oh, oh no you're brazilian what's your favorite footballer pele is it one of them oh, no. and yeah. we kept trying to tell him we kept trying to tell him can you put don't put the sauce on the cones and of course, he was shouting on. Sauce. Into that big statue you have. Oh no! He was like Joey had friends. He was, and so I had to have my ice cream with the syrup or whatever. I don't like. It's fucking nasty. It's horrible. It's gross. It's gross. No, don't like that. No. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying. Although I tried to get a 99 the other day, and they told me they're out of flakes. There's some kind of flake outage oh, yeah. going on. Yes, oh, that's that's been in the news. Yeah, um, right. that's what that's what that big ship in the Suez Canal was carrying. Um, <laughs> it's 
flakes. They all melted. Um, they melted into one giant flake. It was just, it was one huge flake by the end. <laughs> um, I tell you what, though, he's they, they, when you're an ice cream man, it's it, it's some racket because a place like Killaloo, the, the the seaside part of that, there's not much around. So there was one ice cream man. And I went right. to say, oh, yeah, two ninety nines and a bottle of water, please. He was, yeah, seven euro, please, for those. I was like, you bastard. You absolute <laughs> fucking bastard. I was like, you take her and I do indeed. Of course you do. Yeah, I bet you do. You want, you don't want a paper trail for this, you fucking robber. Um, <laughs> but it was lovely. It was lovely. Yeah. It was, it was, and we literally just did nothing. Went up, went for a walk around, sat, sat underneath a tree in a very picturesque way. Uh, and that was nice. That was a good way to cap off the weekend. Also, as it just be kind of coming routine, I went for a little walk around Limerick as well. Had a few drinks. I was cooking. I was back in the kitchen again, lads. As you know, as I like to be. Oh. Uh, uh, made made some delicious uh, chicken fries, as I call them. Highly highly original invention that I've made up, which is uh, chips with with shredded chicken on top and sriracha mayo. Nobody oh. else do. Nobody else do that. I made that up. Um, Fair enough. Uh, it was tasty. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's been a, a, a solid week. We're still we're still kind of just on the cusp of things opening up back here. Yeah. Um, so the, the the highlight of the week has kind of just been going to the shops and being able to buy stuff. I bought some mm. pants in Tesco today. Oh, um, yeah, uh, very exciting, you know. Um, and and being able to go up to a pub and get a drink, but not sit down there and have it. Um, you know, uh, we got some tech guff. This week, I'm I'm coming to you live on a new microphone. Hello. Um, that I did purchase. It's from the uh, GXT company, which I have heard of, but this is the first thing of theirs. Didn't they bought. sponsor WWF back in the 2000s? <laughs> yeah, the Backlash 2000 sponsors. They make they make microphones and car oil. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but I'm I'm really liking it. It's got it's got yeah. um, you know it's a big it's a fine big sturdy uh, uh, proper podcaster streamer thing which i right. which you would think after doing this for 10 years i would have gotten one but instead it's just been tat for various years yeah um uh, but i'm loving it it's really it's really good i i, I tested it out on, on on two streams this week it worked really well and now i'm uh, bringing it to the main event here on the chair shop podcast and i'm yeah uh, i'm loving it yeah it's it's uh sorry on the flip side the negative side of test golf or of tech golf rather i'm having to send yet another package back to the absolute fiends at microsoft uh-huh. Um, my uh, the Xbox controller I got with that new Xbox, it started randomly disconnecting, um, not okay. due to a battery related issue. So as usual, you know, Google it, do all the troubleshooting, take the batteries out, put the batteries back in, disconnect it from the console, then resync it to the console, do a hard reset on the console. I did all that stuff. I googled it, and they said this is a known issue, and they're putting out a patch for the controller, and that was in January. So I, I went and I made sure I had the most updated controller. Did all that stuff, still fucked. Went on to the Microsoft website, they have their and they do not want to talk to you. They want you to talk to like five robots before they oh even gosh. humor the idea of you speaking to a person. So I went, drop down menu. What's your problem? It's a technical problem. What, what do you own? Xbox Series S. What part of it? The controller. Which is the issue with the controller? Is it sinking? Is it not turning on? Is the button falling off? Is the stick oh, not moving? Man. Is it disconnecting? Have you tried doing this? Yes, I've tried doing this. Here's our troubleshooting list. Have you tried this? Yes, I've done that. Is it still not working? No, it's not still not working. Still not working. That's why I'm doing this. Please, please help me. Um, please talk to our AI. And I didn't want to talk to the fucking AI. Oh, I was like, God. please, Jesus, just fucking, fucking take this off me and fix it. Uh, thankfully, the this is one of the better AI experiences I've had in the chat. 
I was like, um, they because of the previously answered questions, I was like, okay, is your thing not connecting? I was like, yes. Uh, what's your serial number? Typed in the serial number. Yeah, when, uh, you know, and then it was able to tell just from the serial number. It's like, okay, it's in warranty. Um, do you would you like to send it back to us? And I was like, yes. And it sent me a label. So I was like, okay, that was once I got to the robot, it was relatively <laughs> quick and painless. Uh, but yeah, that's a bit of a that's a bit annoying. But I suppose I I, I did get the two consoles. Like you, if you are if you get if you get things like that when they are with the they are out the week they are out. You are liable to be the person who gets the the disc drive's not working, the fucking stick isn't working, the button yeah. doesn't, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was fairly lucky the previous generation. I never had a PS4 issue. I've somehow not been one of the people, because it seems super common, I've not been one of the people with the Switch joystick issue. Right. It's oh, been yeah. super, super prevalent. And even they're putting out new Switches, like limited edition fucking Animal Crossing ones, and they still have the problem. Um, oh, so I've, I've gotten lucky in that sense, but yeah, the Xbox controller... Uh, but you know, they they gave me a label, send it back for free. They're going to send me another one. So I like, got oh, fair. Um, so that's tech guff for the week, um, and that was my life basically. Yeah, for the week, I I I went out in the sun. I spoke to a robot, got a new microphone. Um, <laughs> what about you, lads? How's how's the uh, the sunny weather been treating you? Well, I have some tech of well, not really tech guff, I suppose, but. As Joe said before we started recording, it took us 11 years, but we all have good mics and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I bought a little um, arm for the microphone, like a Lovely. real podcast YouTube boy. Yeah. Even though this is literally the only podcast I use ever. And I don't do YouTube or stream. But you, could, you, could, you could. You could be. You could get I could be a little GeoGuessr boy. You could, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I bought my capture card. I think I said this on the show. Yeah, for like a for tenner. Eight quid. It is, it is, and it's not state of the art, but I don't think you need that for. Also, yeah. hang on. You know, I don't think you even need a capture card for GeoGuessr. It's just screen no, capture. It's computer, right? yeah, yeah, just, you could, you, so, you know, time to, let's make that arm work. Let's get it, let's get the, <laughs> let's make it an investment opportunity. <laughs> yeah, but this cost me about a tenner as well off Amazon. It looks and it really was one of the ones, Yeah, they, well, it was one of the ones they sent it to you, and the box. Has a picture of a different arm on it, which got me all scared when I was oh, opening no. it. But then I, it was the right one when I opened it up, so I was happy with it. Yeah, just because, as, as I was saying to the boys, the microphone I have has comes with a stand, but I have to kind of lean forward when I'm talking into it. Yeah. So I bought one that I can stretch the microphone all the way over to where I'm sitting. I don't need to, you know, lean or nothing. But yeah, I could do a little a little video once in a while, I guess. I don't know, because I have all the software required for doing that. Um the old screen recording and all that. Because I used to do very long time ago, like play emulators in some Super Mario 64. I remember that. And stuff yeah. like that. Um, that, was when, uh, that was when former host of the show, uh, Chris Blake, was trying to get a little sub-brand going. He yes. Tra- he's trying to build, he, he's very much trying to be the Richard Bronson of the message <laughs> board world. He's trying to get lots of little little arms out there into the yeah. world. And he wanted us to be podcasting and he wanted us to be... Uh, gaming boys, uh, game, gaming boys, and to be fair, like ten years ago as well. So you know, he, he was he <laughs> was on he was on it, and now he works for Twitch. So you know, <laughs> he uh, he hustled his way to a good spot. Yeah, but yeah, it's a good little setup, and my hands are free as well. So yeah, typing away and all that. Um, so that was good. What else? We had a nice barbecue today because the weather was nice. Um, very Natty got really badly sunburned actually, oh, all up no. on her shoulder and that. I got away scot free, haha. <laughs> but um, not much else. Uh, you want to talk about the football a bit, Joe? Sure, yeah, yeah. I, I've basically been in self-imposed 
exile ever since Wednesday. I won't even talk about it, but I guess now is as good a time as any. Hmm. Sure. I was so anxious about it. Um, Mm. We're talking, of course, about the Manchester United Villarreal Europa League final, which ended 11-10 on penalties. Maddest maddest penalties I've ever seen. When Man United's keeper could not slot away. You're the keeper, just literally kick the ball as hard as you can. Do a goal kick. Do a goal kick. Oh, it was the most pathetic little uh, of a shot. It was like a Gareth Southgate Euro 96. It was. And I nearly cried again. (laughs) Um, I was was up pacing. I couldn't even be in the room between penalties. I was so nervous. And then as soon as that last one was missed, I was like, fuck this. I'm off to bed. I didn't even... I didn't even stay around to watch them get their loser medals. Oh, no. Oh, no. You don't that. want to see participation trophies no, get the absolutely. hell out of here. Absolutely. You know, a real fan, if the real fans in the stadium, they would have, as soon as the final whistle went and they lost, they would have been up and out of there. There's no staying yeah. around. No. If, I, if I've learned anything from watching Sunderland Till I Die, it's that when you win, you have a tear in your eye and like, this is what it's all about, mate. It's bloody brilliant. And when you, when you lose even once, I get fucking, I need them cunts on the street and I'm going to cut their throats. <laughs> <laughs> basically um it was very very upsetting because they were so dominant in the game um for most of the game not obviously an extra time the, the the legs started to go a bit because there was no substitutions made for some reason but um god for most of the first 90 minutes it was just like we just couldn't score Villarreal mm. were playing with like nine defenders <laughs> They, they, yeah, they were very effective, Villarreal. They weren't ambitious at all. Yeah, they but they set up very, you know, rigidly. And United, we just, you know, we've been playing shit for the last few games. I think since the um, since the Roma game where we battered Roma. Yeah. Um. Since then, we've just been poor. poor. It's almost yeah. like they had the big win, and then they're like, "Oh, we've won that one. We've won the trophy now." <laughs> Same, weirdly, in that season with um, where we beat PSG, you know, with, when Rashford scored the penalty. Yes, I know what you mean. That yeah. was Solskjaer's first season. We'd been in tremendous form up to that game. We'd been taking, you know, points, 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 points. And we won that one. And after that, we didn't win another game. It was, like, ridiculous. It just completely fell apart. It's almost like they get that big victory and they're like, oh, we can't do it again. We did it once. Yeah, Not my I one mean, thing. <laughs> I'm sympathetic to the fact that they've basically played two seasons in a row with ah, no break, <laughs> pretty much. Not in Villarreal. Like, I, I know, I know, but... I think it's more that they're just a bit shit. But also, we're very reliant on our one team of 11 players that we play all the time. Well, well, yeah, and our three good players. <laughs> Cavani, yeah. Fernandez, and Pogba. Yeah. Other than that, it's... Um, so it was sad. I mean, when we, f- we obviously went behind at the start, to a smelly goal, I would call it. <laughs> Which I, I feel like we've conceded that exact same goal 10 times this season. The little ball across to the side and oh, it just about goes in. Yeah. And f- like free kicks and corner kicks, every time we concede one, I feel like here comes a goal. Yes. We just can't defend them. Obviously not having big old slab head there didn't help exactly, but... Yeah. And then we got to go back, and then it just never felt like a second one was going to come. There was no, no even clear-cut chances, really. Uh, no, we didn't create anything. It just looked... There was the Cavani, the Cavani header, yeah. and um, there's another one. Who was the other one? 
don't remember. I don't remember any good chances. Rashford. Oh, Rashford, yeah, when he just hit it wide when he was clean through. Oh, yes. That was Fingers offside anyway, wasn't it? Possibly. I don't think they went back and confirmed either way, but it's probably offside. Yeah. um, Yeah. They lost, they didn't win, and then they weren't the only Manchester team to bottle it, unfortunately. Ooh, hello. And Chelsea beat City in the Champions League final. Yeah, that was good. Um, I mean, I hate che- I hate Chelsea with a passion, but lesser of two evils, is not it? Lesser of two evils, and they've won it before, so it's not as bad. It's yeah. like okay, they won it the second time, whereas City winning it for the first time sort of, you know, confirms yeah. their coronation as the you know big big club. So um, yeah. yeah, I mean, but... we also got the Kai Havertz post match interview, which was very funny. It's like I don't give a flying. Yeah, did you hear about this, Barry? No, what was this? Um. Well, there's a player, Kai Havertz, for Chelsea, who was bought for an astronomical amount of money. And uh, for most of the season, hasn't really lived up to expectations. Right. But he, but he scored the winning goal, the only and winning goal in the Champions League final. Okay. And so the BT Sports commentator was asking him, you know, you, you, you were bought for so much money and, and you, did, you didn't really live up to it. But now do you feel like you've repaid it back to the club? And he said on live television... Uh, I don't really give a fuck about that. I just won the fucking Champions League. <laughs> it's such a stupid question. It is. That's oh, pretty. Just, what is, does this person work for WWE with that kind of fucking? Like, uh, just scored the winning goal in the Champions League final, and you're asking, "Well, oh, you think you've replayed the transfer? Why would you give a fuck?" Yeah, yeah. It's just obsession with transfers. Well, I don't really give a fuck on that. <laughs> I just won the fucking Champions League. <laughs> it's great. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, it's very funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, my dad's Chelsea fan, so well done to them. They definitely deserved it. City were shite. I City were like United. Just toothless and n- nothing going for them. And then De Bruyne got a fractured face in the match as well, apparently. Oof. Fractured nose and fractured orbital. Yeah, orbit. that was really bad. Hope he doesn't miss the Euros. It looked innocuous wait, wait. enough initially. And then he got up and he had a big black eye already. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, the goal itself was very good, to be fair. And Chelsea were very effective uh, as well. And um, and then we come to the most important uh, football game of the week. Uh, the Championship Playoff, which I also watched. Oh, yeah. Between Brentford and Swansea City. <laughs> ah, and yes. Bre- and Brentford are the uh, 50th team to play in the Premier League. They've never been in the Premier League before, so well done yeah. to them. They were great. Swansea were rubbish. Um, Brentford were well deserved of their win. Swansea were very dirty as well. They could have had two or three players sent off in that game. They only had the one sent off, but there were... the one that got sent off, I thought was a bit harsh. And there were other tackles in the game that I thought they got away with. Mm. So, but that was a fun one. Brentford, Brentford are good. They had a little bit of um, a little bit of leads to them. They're very attacking, like with good attacking, good quick attacking players. And uh, Ivan Tony, I think, will be one for the fantasy Premier League next season. If you can get oh, it cheap. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So there's your bit of footy guff. We also were we have no footy now for like twelve days. And then the Euros uh, begin. Oh god, twelve bloody days with the footy. Oh, that's annoying. Um, so I I will officially extend the olive leaf and I'll say good luck to England and I hope they win. Oh, oh, oh. No, you're thinking right, of olive branch. Olive leaf is to cover your willy. <laughs> 
If you're me, mate, you need a big old sycamore. Just go extend it. Oh, I'll be extending the leaf to cover me big knob. I'm a branch, sorry. I don't know. I don't speak English, really, do I? No, but that's why you're, that's why you're extending the olive uh, leaf is to get some. Yeah, it's, uh, the leaf is on the cool. Ready get some English lessons. <laughs> yeah, well, oh dear. I don't know about you, but my, my branch has got some leaves on it, Barry. You probably have a nice little bald branch over there that you're oh. extending. Oh, hello. Wow. Hello. Wow. You're not even right. You're not even right. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> well, anyway, anyway. That's my anyway, week. Anyway. That's his week. Get us back on track. Speaking Joe, of on. weeks. It is, it is, as Barry mentioned, a bank holiday weekend here. And we did finally, finally, after what seems like about eight months of darkness, <laughs> get some sunny weather. So, yeah, Michelle and I took advantage and were, were out and about. So, um, actually, on Friday, we I think we both had a hellacious week at work. So, on Friday, Friday evening, I, what we normally do, and, and since the pandemic started, you haven't, you know, Friday hasn't really been like a proper Friday because you just finish work and, you're home, right? So yeah, you just yeah, go to a different yeah. room. Um, uh, but we really needed a break <laughs> this week. So I said, like, let's just, like, five o'clock when we're finished, let's go out. We'll go into London, just jump, get on the train. It's only 20 minutes. You know, we we'll go to the, the South Bank in London by the river, get some food from a thing, even if we're only out for, like, an hour or, you know, hour and a half, whatever, and then come back. And it gives us a little, little break, little, you know, we get home and then we appreciate that, you know, we're home and, and the weekend has started. So we did that. Um, unfortunately, we chose the couple of hours on Friday where it was pissing down. So we um, right. <laughs> we braved it. We sat outside. There's a street food market. We got a uh, rum, pineapple and mango cocktail and some Nashville fried chicken and chips. Um, we sat out in the rain and we uh, were determined to enjoy it. And it was very tasty, uh, both the, the food and the drink. So we had a good time. Eventually it stopped raining. And we, just, we went for a nice walk and it was very enjoyable. So that was that was great. Um, and then we also went out Saturday as well. We were like, oh, let's go out. It's busy. We went again, went into the city. We got to uh, London Bridge, which is a big, you know, the big train stations in London. Yeah. It was fucking busy. Like it was honestly, it looked like the Olympics were back on in London. It was so, I've never seen it so busy. Everyone was out, like wanting to get out to the city, um, for the sunshine. So yeah, that was great as well. Went for some more food, had a nice walk by the, the canals in, in East London, uh, then made our way home. And then today we had to pop into London again for the third time in a row, uh, because Michelle was getting her first vaccine. Ooh. Hospital near London Bridge. Um, so yeah, so she got that done this afternoon. So that was really, really good. Um, she got the old Pfizer. So a bit jealous of that. I'd like the old, the old Pfizer. I, I had AstraZeneca. Um, but yeah, glad we finally got that done. And we're they're, they're kind of bringing it out to people under thirty now as well, which is good. So we're, we're making some good progress with that as well. So yeah, we had that. Came home, um, had some lovely Krispy Kreme donuts. They've got some limited edition summer ones out. They've got a passion fruit uh, ring donut, and they've got a raspberry lemonade filled ring donut as well. Ooh. So I had one of each uh, just to test them out, and they were both uh, very refreshing and delicious. So um, I don't know if they've got them. Um, they have you have Krispy Kreme over there, right? I don't know if they have like we do, we do. Do you have the stores, or is it just where you have it like in Tesco or? 
Is there a bit of both? Sometimes uh, it's hard to find the stores. There's is the one in Blanchardstown a Krispy Kreme Paul, or am I thinking of a Duncan? I'm not it's sure. Cr- it's Krispy Kreme. It's Krispy Kreme. Yeah. Um it opened, I think, two years ago. And in I was about to say typical Irish fashion. I would actually put call it typical Dublin fashion. They were fucking queuing for five hours <laughs> to get a fucking donut, and it was really laughable. Um, I mean, it's very tasty. I ha- I haven't had the one in Dublin, funnily enough. I've had it abroad mm. elsewhere. Uh, but oh my god, people went fucking manic for it when it opened. Um, tremendous, tremendous. I think we do. I think I think it is also like in shops. I think as well. Yeah. Um, I think so. None down here yet, though. I could go for for a donut now that you're saying it. Oh, Oh, I love a crispy. It's just so mm, light and kind of yummy and mm, 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 really good. Anyway, um, so that was great. And then the other good news is today, just, you know, a few hours before we came on on air, we finished our 1,000-piece puzzle that we've uh, been doing for the last couple of weeks. Wow, that was quicker than I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah, I think once you get over the hump, uh, it gets a lot quicker. Because obviously you get not only fewer pieces left, but fewer gaps in which to try the pieces. So it just sort of gets quicker and quicker. And by the end, it's, it's yeah, finishes quickly. So very satisfying. I, it's like, I can't think of any like computer game or any other activity I've done recently that was as satisfying as finishing off this 1000 piece puzzle. Um, so we're, we're just reveling in the, you know, the, the f- completion of it. And look forward to doing a few more, few more incredibly difficult puzzles later in the year. Just for the, just for the buzz, just for the high of getting that final piece in. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, really, yeah, it's really good. It's like doing a marathon. It's really yeah. good. So uh, yeah, very, very, very fun into the week. Alrighty, uh, solid uh, life got there from from all of us. Uh, we can move on then to the telly golf. Uh, who has been watching some telly this week, boys? Um, go ahead, go ahead, Joe. Oh yeah, yeah, I did watch some telly. So I watched um, an episode of The Simpsons, but oh. it was not classic Simpsons. Oh, it was season twenty-three Ooh. Simpsons, um, and it was an episode called "How I Wet Your Mother." Um, so I missed the first the first couple of minutes of it, but I think it started out. Something to do with like people were stealing stationery from the nuclear power plant, <laughs> right? This is the you know convoluted start to the episode, right? Um, but for some reason, Homer got away with it, like he was the only one who didn't get caught, so he got rewarded with a day off. Okay, so he's got a day off, so he takes Bart fishing. So here we are into you know the second phase of the plot. So him and Bart go fishing, uh, catch fit, you know, whatever, blah blah blah, it's fine. Homer goes home the next day, he wakes up, and he's wet the bed. Um, okay. And then that's the that's the plot of the episode. Homer's developed a bedwetting problem, oh. okay. and they then go to psychologists to try and solve this <laughs> bedwetting problem. And what happens then? They, I think I missed a bit of it. I can't remember quite what happened, but they go to Doctor or Professor Frank, and he has a machine that lets you go into the subconscious of an individual, okay. very similar to Inception. Yeah. Um, so the whole family used this contraption to go into Homer's subconscious and try to figure out why he's began, uh, you know, wetting the bed and what kind of repressed trauma it was. So they travel down through the layers of his subconscious eventually until they meet his mother, voiced by Glenn Close, who returns. Uh, obviously, she, the mother was killed off, um, you know, 
God, probably 10 years ago now. Um, but they brought her back in this kind of dream sequence. And um, yeah, and that was that. <laughs> so it was bizarre. Sounds good. I think I laughed twice. So that was pretty good because there was a scene... <laughs> There was a scene in the subconscious where they turned back into like the original Tracy Ullman yeah. um, kind of okay. animation Simpsons. Yeah. So that was quite funny. And then there was another joke at the end. But yeah, it was bizarre and a little bit embarrassing. It's like Homer wet in the bed. Like, why well, do I not watch this? It's not funny. And yeah. Inception stuff. Yeah. So I'll not be rushing to watch any more yeah, season 23. Yeah. You're not going to jump on the old Disney and catch up with the rest of the season after no. that. It doesn't sound like once we but get that episode s- uses three plots from other episodes, the steel and stationary from the power plant. Yeah. You have that on the, when Mr. Burns come to the house, he's quick. hide oh, yeah. the stuff. I stole. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Bart fishing. Yeah. Wolf, uh, the, 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 Blinky episode. Yeah. Blinky. Or more yeah. of the systems. Yeah. yeah. Homer fishing, which is that one? The war of the systems. Uh, the, the one where the... the, the, to the those weirdos in the bait shop. Yeah. Right. Of course. <laughs> um, and then Homer having a repressed trauma from that one where he's screaming and it was about they found the body a la Stand By Me. Oh, That's yeah. That was a new one, yeah. Yeah, so they're just uh, retreading old ground for the... Tenth time. And Simpsons did it to use a set facts yeah. quote. Oh, yeah, there's also a bit at the end where Homer and Marge still think they're in the dream, and so they go and ride bicycles naked through Springfield, which is oh, like the one episode, episode about that. Yeah. The episode where they have sex in public. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, good to know that they're not letting anything go to waste. Yeah, they also uh, ride a bike at the end of Duffles. Yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah, very good. Very, very good. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was a bit shade, uh, and the animation is so weird because it's so crisp. Yeah, and like it's too looks clean. like a co- yeah, co- kind of computerized. It's just I oh, can't get on with it. Yeah, so that I was miss that. your uh, your feature where you used to do like our episode on that episode of the yeah. Simpsons. Might, might bring that back. That was a little tease of it. Oh, um, it was nice. Might, might was this back. on TV or how did you stumble across this? Yeah, it was on Sky One actually, which is funny because okay. as I think I mentioned the other day. I, um, changed the old BT subscription to get all the all the Sky channels, uh, so I finally got Sky One for the first time in God knows twenty five years, um, and I st- <laughs> <laughs> it seems like they're still just showing The Simpsons and Kirsty's XXX videos. It hasn't evolved that channel in the last twenty five years. Smackdown, yeah. So that's on BT now. Smackdown, yeah. So uh, um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't thought about Kirsty's home videos in about fifteen years. But even that's kind of impressive because it hasn't been on TV in about twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I I was thinking about it there recently because she's on. Is it, she's gone to GB News? Has she? Sure. I think she might. Yeah, maybe. I think because the only reason I know that is because they posted. <laughs> they posted the graphic of here's our news team, and a bunch of people got annoyed that there's a woman on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everyone was making fun. So yeah, I guess she's on GB News now, or someone who looks exactly like her. And so I was thinking, how how she's gone from being thirty minute clip show of old ladies' tits falling out, um, 
<laughs> how she's gone to that for me like a very popular successful highly bidded upon like sports broadcaster well she was on sky sports i think even at the time uh, well fair enough yeah i I, yeah. I i literally only i was like oh she she uh she is counter-programming beetle that's what i thought of her as as a child you know <laughs> kind of, yeah. Be- beetle is wcw she's wwf getting the tits out and getting all, all violent the other, the other thing about about those shows like from the nineties, you're you're you've been framed. It'll be all right in the night. Yeah. First some videos. A lot of them use the same. Clips. You see the same clip, and it's like, are they? Yeah, yeah. They're not really competing. It's like the elites who. who There's only the like four different clips, Barry. Really. Yeah. It's man it's like, falls through the table at the wedding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> old old woman on a chair. Chair collapses. <laughs> uh, if it's X-rated, it collapses and then her tits fall out. Uh, baby, baby playing with a dog, and the dog knocks it over. <laughs> yeah. um, love, love. Kirsty, some video putting the laugh yeah. track on it though. It, anyway. America's uh, funniest videos is probably the precursor to them. I would imagine. Yeah, I don't know. Dennis Norton was doing it since since well, before <laughs> since he was five. five. Yeah, like they used to just play the 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 like um like a flip book of a funny moment, and then and then a black screen would appear with audience laughs on it. Um, that was that was it'll be all right in the night one. Yeah, it was literally a Nickelodeon when he was doing it. I can't remember. I can't remember. Like, was it Bob Saget does the American ones? Yeah, I think so. How how unfunny must that have been? I have never seen it, but it mustn't have been good. Anyway, why, I don't know why we're talking about this. Um, any other telly? Uh, oh, yeah. I also, something I've been catching up on since I finally subscribed to Sky is um, Gary Neville's Soccer Box, which is a show where it's kind of a takeoff of Goggle Box. So he gets together oh, with a, okay. a retired Premier League player and they go and go through the uh, most important matches, goals, moments of their career. It's actually really interesting. I've been looking forward to watching it for, for ages because I've kind of seen it before, but they just didn't have Sky and couldn't be bothered to find it any other way. Right. Um, but really good. And some are better than others. Some he gets a player on who doesn't really have a whole lot to say. And they're just like, yes, I scored that goal. And um, yes, it was good. And yes, I didn't like the manager. <laughs> um, then he gets someone on like Steven Gerrard actually had on a recent episode and he was really, really good. Lots of kind of insight into the mentality of the rivalry between United and Liverpool and how he felt going into big games and his nerves and relationships with managers and really, really, really interesting stuff. And they go into like tactics of games and kind of lots of things like that. So really, really interesting. So yeah, been um, catching up with those and he's had Wayne Rooney, Ian Wright, Alan Shearer, lots of like really, really, really good names on there. So yeah, enjoying those. It's one of my, one of my favourite shows at the moment. So it's good. Yeah. I love when, like, one of my favorite things is when a footballer has something to say. Yeah. You can only hear, you know, oh, it came to me and, you know, I hit it and uh, and luckily, you know, went in. You can only hear that so many times. Yeah. So it's nice when they actually have, like, an analysis of something. Yeah. <laughs> quite reflective or at least thoughtful about yeah. their career and stuff yeah yeah as you said like tactics when they talk about tactics that's one of the most interesting things to me something mm-hmm. that you wouldn't be aware of just watching the game like yeah. a specific instruction they've been given that once you see you say oh that makes sense i see what it is on that yeah that's cool that's good i've checked that out i haven't watched any of them um i did start watching a new show though go on uh it's called the leftovers oh yeah uh, i've heard it from HBO, from about, I think it started in 2014. Mm. 
um, written by Damon Lindelof of Lost and Watchmen fame. Um, good, good Watchmen or bad Watchmen? Good Watchmen. Oh. The, H- the HBO Watchmen. Oh, well, there's the connection. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, I think he's one of the better TV writers. Um, yeah. His branching out into film has been kind of hit and miss. Um, Prometheus, I liked. Star Trek Into Darkness, I liked less. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can look at look up on his Wikipedia and you see film is very hit and miss, but TV, he's, he's more often than not when he's right. like heavily involved as a showrunner or, you know, head writer. The shows are really usually very, very good. Um, Lost and Watchmen in particular, I've been big, big fans of. And uh, Leftovers, yeah, is a HBO show. Um, which is very funny to watch in a post-Avengers world because the plot of it more or less is that on a given day, half of the world's population disappears. Right. And so you can watch it as a kind of pseudo, oh, I this is pretend this is in the Avengers world. <laughs> but okay. it's, yeah. it's obviously not because you part of the mysteries, you don't know why it happened. And so the show opens with the happening, let's call it, and then it kind of shoots forward three years later to show you a world that's kind of adapted based on that. And so you have various like cults that have formed who are like, um, there's one called the Guilty Remnants. And so they're these people who have kind of taken a vow of silence um, because of the guilt they feel about being left behind. Okay. And then there's, um, you know, there's religious zealots, of course, and, you know, this and that. I won't get too much into it, but. Um, it it is a series. It only ran for three series. There's only 28 episodes of it, so it's not too long. But um, it is a show that people will say to you, "The first season's not that great, but get through it, and then there's good stuff." Right. Okay. Uh, and to underline that, uh, I believe on Metacritic, season one has like a 60, yeah. and then seasons two and three are like 90 and 95. <laughs> Right. Okay. It was quite a jump off. Um, now, to be fair, I've watched the first two episodes, the first two of ten, and um, yeah, they're like they're okay. The first episode in particular is very messy, um, because like Lost and to an extent Watchmen, it tries to set up a very big ensemble cast, but I didn't think it did a particularly good job of, you know. First of all, identifying the characters and then bringing them together to catch up with the story and then progress right. the story from there. It almost starts the story too quickly as if you know who the characters are. It doesn't do a good enough job um, really setting them apart from each other and so so making them memorable and so you remember who they are. Um, and yeah, the pacing of the first episode is maybe a bit too fast for me. But by episode two, I'm kind of coming around to it. Um, has some names that you would recognize. Um, what's the guy? I've already forgotten his name. Uh, Justin Thoreau is in it. Um, Liv Tyler is in it. Oh, okay. Um, maybe one or two others. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. I, I would definitely agree that it's not blow away so far. Um, because again, in particular, I felt Lost and Watchmen both started really strongly. Uh, and went from there, whereas this, you know, f- the first episode, I just felt kind of confused by it. And okay, there was not not no hook in it or no mystery in it that I really cared about or really no hook. No. Like he's 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 working yeah. dark. Tazis, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, because because we, obviously I won't talk to anything about Watchmen because I know 
you Absolutely. guys potentially will watch it and you you really want to watch it. And it's definitely a show that I would say go in not knowing anything about knowing it. it. Yeah. Don't know any and I won't tell you anything about it, but go in no no and it's tremendous. It's a great, great show. Um but Lost was a show that really from the get go set up the characters before the mystery. And so that's why like I think Lost is probably whether, you know, where it goes from the pilot is you know, up for debate, but I think the pilot was probably one of the best I've ever seen for setting up a really big group of characters and immediately making them interesting and different from each other. Um, Leftovers does not do that successfully, but I am interested where it goes. Um, the idea of, you know, the population disappearing and it not being Thanos clicking his fingers. I'm interested to see where that goes. Um, as I said, some of the groups that have developed from that, uh, are interesting to me as well. I'm interested to see where their, those characters goes uh, or go. One of the, the the main things to me that I caught on to that I think is very interesting is Justin Thoreau's character. He's like the lead character of the show so far. Uh, and his family actually didn't have anybody disappear in mm. the uh, disappearance. And yet his family is very fractured as a result of it. Uh, and I like that as an angle is that the main character, it would be very easy to write it as, oh, he's, he he's depressed in this because he lost it. Yeah. And he kind of did, but not in the way of like, those people didn't disappear. His wife is in the, the cult and his son has gone off to this other um, separate cultish type deal. And he has a very fractured relationship with his daughter because she kind of blames him for the breakup of the family. But no one in the family disappeared. And that's an angle that I like is that, you know, there's there's an indirect effect on people, yeah. not only people who literally had people disappear, but everyone else was affected as well. And um, although the mysteries and characters weren't that well set up, uh, the world was pretty well set up, and I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, and that's all I've been watching. Alrighty, uh, nothing for me this week. Taskmaster. I didn't even watch the new Modoc yet, so I'm gonna watch that. Ah, uh, you piece of shit. Uh, nothing to report on. Um, just yet. Anyway, uh, I did have some movies though. Oh, I'm looking at the movie list, and I'm very interested to hear some scorching hot takes coming up. Okay. Hit me. Well, I'll start with the non-scorching take because it's something that's well, well worn <laughs> ground. Uh, yeah. uh, I did uh, for the first time for with with Brona. She hadn't seen it before. We watched Spring Breakers. Okay, uh, which I still love. Yeah. What was her take on it? She weirded out, but liked it. Uh, okay. But, but you know, I, I don't think she loved it as much as me, but she seemed to like it. Um, it's a my, specific taste, granted. My main take was that that after these many many years, I think it's like it's 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 time to upgrade this from the paltry 480p DVD I own. I, 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 this needs to be this needs a Blu-ray. You got to yeah. watch Spring Breakers on a Blu-ray. Mm. Uh, it's it's because because it's one of those films where it really is kind of style over substance in some ways, although that kind of is sure. Since we won't get into all of that, but it's <laughs> yeah. very sugary, intoxicating visuals and audio together. It's a very yes. hypnotic, hypnotic movie, and um, fucking looks fantastic. And I I still think it looks fantastic. And I'm not a big have to have the blu-ray guy generally but with certain films 
I'm like, like when I watched uh, It Comes at Night just to pick a recent film, I was yeah. like, this looks beautiful and crisp on the Blu-ray. I think I would, I would like to have, because there's such sharp light contrast in yeah. that. There's lots of shadow in, and, and, and light and all sorts of stuff. With Spring Breakers, the colors and everything are so vivid. And it's just, as TVs get bigger and bigger and bigger, and I am, you know, not soon, but I do want to, probably going to make the 4K jump at a certain point. Right. Watching a really gorgeous movie like that in standard definition is just kind of, it's actually to use the most snobbish term imagine it's not really doing it justice so uh, yeah yeah Spring well, when, when we were up in Nathie's parents house again they have a very big probably 60 inch tv 4k yeah. and we were watching some episodes of lost and i lost <laughs> lost and i brought the uh, dvds up and we tried to put on the dvd and the resolution is too bad to yeah. watch on a tv that size like when tvs as you say get bigger and bigger and bigger and the resolution gets sharper and sharper we're getting to the stage where dvds are depending on the transfer are not watchable <laughs> so we just watch it on disney plus instead it, it looked too bad yeah yeah uh, and that is the um i like i like holding on to dvds and stuff like that yeah uh, i was watching some youtube videos of some people doing uh thrift shop hauls and getting vhs's i love the preservation aspect yes, of that but at the same time if you want to watch it in 2021 yeah. um there are certain you know, there are certain thumbs up to the you know the streaming services and the 4k blu-ray releases and all that shit at the end yeah. of the day they do just they do look great yeah i mean um, i still only have a 40 inch 1080p tv so it's okay and same. ironically i have it comes at night on dvd and spring breakers on blu-ray so i'm exactly flipped ah, to okay we might we'll do a swap so <laughs> um, but yeah uh, actually i forgot to mention this in, in in tech talk i did get a gift a very very early uh, birthday gift from my mother who didn't want to hold on to it until my birthday i got right. a uh, the the latest chromecast Oh. which is uh, sort of splitting the difference with your more traditional fire stick. So it comes with a remote and it has a like a okay. home screen. So typically with the Chromecast, you literally just go on to your Yeah, phone. that's what I have. I have the Yeah, and I love it. I love Chromecast, best invention last fucking 20 years. I absolutely yeah. love it. One, in, one on every TV in the house. But with this one, it's kind of like, it still does that stuff, but it also has a home screen. And the main hook for me that I think is really cool, because especially in these lockdown times, you're just scrolling fucking Netflix. It If you sign into all your services... It pulls your recommendations from all your services on that home screen, okay. and it, it pulls your continue watching from your various services. So That's when nice. I boot it up, it's like, oh, you were watching Rick and Morty and Modoc, and you watched this movie. Why don't you rate it? Oh, you rated it. Here's what you might like based on this movie off this service. And you know, so it's that's at the end of the day. At the, at the end of the day, it's it's also just a Chromecast, but it's being Lewis model. It's also uh, higher resolution, higher frame rate as well. Nice. So like. If I'm watching like a, a digital foundry video and they're saying, here's here, we're, we tested this game on fucking ultra settings. Here it is running at 60 frames a second. The Chromecast can now show me that running at 60 frames a second, which is a nice touch. Um, so yeah, thumbs up on that. Get, but even get a basic, get a, get a, a old Chromecast for 20 quid if you don't have one. They're the best yeah. thing ever. Um, anyway, on to the, the real meat here, the movie guff. Too much dilly dallying. We, I finally, uh, Brona had seen this, I had not seen this. Finally got around to watching the, I was about to say controversial, not really, on this podcast maybe, uh, Robert Eggers' The V-V-Vitch, The Vitch, The Witch, starring, as I said, we were watching this, I was like, that really looks like Anna Taylor-Joy. Oh, it is Anna Taylor-Joy. There you go. Okay. Because I forgot she's like only like 23, so I was like, well, that can't be her, because that's a 14-year-old. But there you go. And Finchie from The Office. And Finchie! Um, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, that that always is the same in Game of Thrones. That always takes a few minutes to uh, 
to uh, to get out of uh, that mindset. It's like, oh, the doth woman walked in and she had ankles up to thine shins, you know, <laughs> or whatever the fuck. Uh, it's such a distinctive voice, such a distinctive voice. Like you pick it out a fucking million miles away. Anyway, finally watched it. I I really liked it. I I I don't. I now I will say I really liked it and. With the exception of Paul, I was still also like the low man among my my like letterboxed friends, right. I, which I which I was kind of surprised by. Like everyone I know has given it like five, four and a half. Love it, love it, love it, love it, and it is really good. And then Paul with the half star rating, <laughs> I was like, "What? I'm the only smart man in the world. I'm surrounded by maniacs." <laughs> um, I, I, one thing I will say, Anna Taylor Joy is really good in it. I, I thought all the other kids were really annoying. I thought they were really annoying. And that's really one of my main problems with it. And 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 like that's true in a lot of movies, but they're doing a lot of heavy lifting in this one, yeah. uh, which is a problem. So I didn't like that. But I, I I thought the parents were fantastic, and I thought the the the, the kind of main character was fantastic. And yeah, I, I thought it was really good. I thought it was. Um, uh, uh, I thought the music was amazing. I thought it's a, a really great tense um, uh, uh, score. Um, I thought it, it's one of those ones where it's not peaking very often, so it really makes the, the scares count. Um, and you know, it's 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 a cre- it's it's, a cre- it's inherently creepy setting. You know, New England, you know, early American settler life, colonial life. Uh, you know, it's not quite it's not quite a movie set in Salem, but it's a kind of classic. Boy, would you have hated to be a fucking woman two hundred years ago if you think yeah. <laughs> if you think your life is bad. Imagine you have a shitty life, and if you question your shitty life, maybe you're a witch. Time to die. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I I really really liked it. A little bit slow here and there. Kids ca- couldn't look past them, even though overall the movie was really good. Um, yeah, and, and the ending I thought was, was I'm sorry, it's, it's one of those movies where it was kind of hard to stick the landing. I didn't know where they were going to go. Thought they went fine. What they did was fine. Um, but yeah, I liked it. I, I read your review and I was like, I don't know. I, I could I could absolutely get not liking the movie. I wasn't sure where I was going to land it halfway through. I thought you were very harsh. <laughs> I understand that. Like I, I this isn't going to be like the raid two. To be fair, I, I understand that I'm a little bit on an island with the witch, and I also understand that um, I'm open to give it a, a rewatch at some stage. I don't even know what I said in my review. Let me see. Like the the main problem I had with it was, as you said, they had these like kids doing faux Shakespearean dialogue, and I just couldn't buy into it. Like it, I just was like, "This is kids reading lines," and that kind of broke the immersion too much for me. Um, I also just didn't find it particularly spooky or eerie. I don't know whether right. it was just the time I watched it. Like I saw it in the cinema, um. Uh, or whether the mind, I just expect someone else, something else. I don't know, but I just never bought into it as spooky or scary. And actually, the images towards the end, I was like laughing at in cinema. Um, mm. So I don't know. Like I, I, it's not even a problem of like the the director or anything because he also directed the Lighthouse, which I thought is it was like my favorite film of the year when it came out. <laughs> so yeah. I'm very obviously extreme in my opinion on his film mr eggers yeah yeah like i thought the lighthouse was nearly a perfect film yeah uh, and the lighthouse is in a sense was everything i wish the witch was but i just didn't vibe with the witch at all when i watched it and i kind of hated it which is why i kind of came down so harsh on it let's see what is it okay yeah i mean i started off with comically terrible that's maybe a bit harsh 
Uh, and yes, to be fair, I was not the only person in the cinema laughing. So, <laughs> okay, fair um, enough. Yeah. Um, and then I just I, it, it is yeah, so. it is a movie that I, I I could imagine seeing in one of my local Limerick haunts, and at people walk definitely people walking out halfway through, and like anything anything, almost every movie I have been to. God, I miss going to the cinema. By the way, uh, almost every film I've been to that was not a Marvel movie or that that tier of blockbuster or a Pixar movie, I uh, people have walked out on. I remember seeing and loving like everyone else get out in in the cinema and like two separate parties of people got up and left about halfway through. I said to my 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 then girlfriend at the time, I said, "Did those did those people come back?" I, th- I assume they were go- going to the bathroom or going to get sweets because they left in a group. And it's like, no, they did not come back. They were obviously not vibing with it at all. I've seen that over and over and over again. There was people smarter than me who left during yeah. the Slenderman movie. Um, uh, I stayed for some reason. Um, I've never walked out in a film, and I never would. I would just write a bad letterbox review at the end of it. That's I'm fine. trying to think. I think no, the, closest, I- the closest I ever came was Kick-Ass 2. That was absolutely oh, awful. Oh, God, yeah. We actually, that was... Um, that, uh, no, I sat the whole. No, he sat, he sat through that one. He knew it was secretly good. Um, <laughs> the, the DVD trader for Kickass Two came on the Spring Breakers DVD. Yeah, Ronnie never seen it. And I was like, we ain't watching that. No fucking way. I'll, I'll happily watch the first. Oh, Kickass is really good, Barry. Oh, yeah, well, don't, worry. Well, don't 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 hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Um, um, but yeah, the witch. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, that was my uh, yeah. that was my movies for the week, boys. What yeah. about yourselves? No, I absolutely respect your opinion on the witch. Hundred percent. Thank you, thank you. Nothing but respect, brother. Not the Ray two, but the witch. Yeah. Remember my mother? Yeah, I actually saw the witch with her family. Oh really? <laughs> were they the ones laughing? Yeah, we we're all laughing. <laughs> um, no, I, I I will one day give it a second chance. Maybe understanding what it is, I'll maybe appreciate it more. Uh, and the lighthouse, to be fair, also has a lot of effect, like speech affected in a particular way. Mm. It's not people talking normally. It's it's fucking sea dog talk, but it's like <laughs> Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson versus Finchie and his kids. Like <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a stronger cast to carry that material, and it is properly um, claustrophobic and spooky and a lot of it. So. There's my mini review of The Lighthouse, which everybody should okay. watch. Yeah, I'll, that's um, I'm going to watch that next. I watched one movie. Barry, you'll be pleased to hear. Go on. I watched Army of the Dead. Yay. <laughs> and, and, and just like The Witch, we're on polar opposites of the scale. Why did you love it? <laughs> <laughs> now, I think you. I saw you leave a little like ski on my letterboxed review. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you very much for that. That was before I'd actually scored it. Yeah. Because sometimes when I watch a movie, I like to... I'd write my review and then actually think like, okay, let me ponder a little while on the number. I, I didn't end up quite as severe as you. Yeah, I'm a reactionary. I love to watch it and immediately slap. Well, I think I did that with the witch. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, on the the year end list is where I go. Okay, let's disregard the yeah. ratings and just go with gut. But uh, but and you know after months of watching and stewing on it, but when I'm doing the review, just got let's just got Get reaction. Out. Yeah, see how we feel. Yeah, I think I went a four, like two stars. Yeah. In in the end on it. Um yeah, there are certainly some undeniable truths at play, which are number one, it's one of the ugliest films I've ever seen. Yeah. And number two, it's possibly got the worst screenplay I've ever seen on a film. So um 
No, that sounds like a film that would get less than a four, <laughs> to be fair. Um, but I thought the middle third of it was, like, fine. Yeah. Uh, I thought the action was mostly okay. Performances weren't great, but then a lot of the actors didn't have much to work with. Like, yeah. I thought Batista was fine. Yeah. But he didn't yeah. have much to do, like. Yeah. Um, so his performance was okay, but the character itself was a bit bland, and so you can only do so much with that. It's funny that he didn't have much to do. Like, this is possibly, probably the most... He, I mean, he is literally the protagonist the lead. of it. I mean, yeah. he is the lead. And, he, and so it's the most stuff he's gotten, but he, it's the least stuff of note he's had to do, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a character... It's not even a character. It's like the 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 role has like a lot of lines, but even with that, there's not much meat on the bones. You know, yeah. it's a very kind of a lot of the characters are very tick the box, very one note, and it's not even really a heist film. No, um, that's so disappointing. Like it, that's that when you when you when you, when they get to the safe, you're like, wait, we've had none of the fun. What are you talking yeah. about? Even from the setup, like the the first hour of the film. Nothing happens in the first hour. It's yeah. it's the old heist, um, you know, thing of they 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 have to set up the team. So it's scene after scene of new character in the foreground, the people you know walking in the background. The character turns, and goes shit, these motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, usually with a heist movie, you have the characters who are the they have all the different skills. You have the the tech guy, you have the disguise guy, you got the wacky one line. No, here you have the helicopter pilot, the safe cracker, and about seven mercs. That's <laughs> yeah. it. And you there's a guy who has a big fucking dead rising three weapon, the big fucking Did they even use that in the film? He used it in like the two minute montage, which again, like Watchmen, is the one good bit of the fucking film. And then he never uses it. I'm like, why did you have this big anime yeah. weapon? It's like a comically big circular saw. Yeah. Is what it is, basically. And then yeah, towards the end of the film, I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for the bit where he uses the saw. I must have he cuts the guy in half or something, yeah. Um yeah, so anyway, back to the beginning. Um, yeah, so it's, always, it's very famous at this stage, or infamous, that Zack Snyder was the cinematographer in this film, and that he chose, for some bonkers reason, to use these lenses that have very, very specific like focus. Yeah, And so the film, for this duration, has like this really intense blur. Uh, so you have a character in the foreground, the whole background will not only be blurred, but will be very blurred. Yeah. It actually made me like a bit sick looking at it. Yeah, it's horrible. I felt a bit unwell watching the film. It gave me a bit of a headache. <laughs> um, it's like felt- the, the background is intensely blurred, but also if they are reaching forward or they're pointing yeah. a gun, the gun or their hand, whatever's in the foreground, is also incredibly blurred out. Yeah. And it's so it's it looks like dog shit. It looks yeah. terrible. And so you have these entire scenes that happen. And you can like not see the background for any of the scene. And I'm like, why did they bother even shooting it in this? Like, why not just do the whole film on a green screen? Because you can't see the background for most. Which is ironic because they they did like looking at some of the behind the scenes stuff. They, yeah. There's green screen there, but it, it's not all green. It's actually not all in a studio. They went onto what looks like a fucking dump and yeah. and did some fucking real let's run around shooting shit rolling around do some physical fucking filmmaking with green screens in the background for fake vegas cool but you filmed it in the worst ugliest way possible (laughs) yeah and like snyder is known for his his films having this like whether you like films or not for the most part i don't but the films at least have this like really unique visual style to them yeah and he's basically popped that in the bin 
and done instead the worst looking film you could possibly imagine. Um, the CGI is also not particularly good. Um, there's one bit towards the end where one of the um, Lord of the Rings looking zombies, <laughs> um, one of the orcs and orcs gets like shot in the head with like a little dinky nine millimeter handgun and the head just fucking explodes. Into, like, three <laughs> parts. I was like, this looks like dog shit. This is not a good effect. Um, so the effects were not good. Um, the, the, the screenplay is so bad. Um, people say Inception has a problem where like the Elliot Page character is just like exposition Right, 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 basically. That, that character only exists for exposition. There are, like, full-on conversations in this film. <laughs> just exposition. Um, and, you like, Inception has that where, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt will be like, oh, here's how this works. Da, da, da. Yeah. Like, there's one scene, do, do you know, um, Barry, there's the, um, is it the Jackal or the, the character who's a bit like Rhea Ripley? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where she's, like, sitting to the side and you have... Batista's daughter and the other woman who wants to like escape with her kids. Right. And they're like, that that's that's the jackal. Oh, you can't go with her. Oh, but I gotta protect my kids. I'll do anything for my kids. Well, you, if you go in, you can't go out. And it's just like line after line of this is the rules. Like they're yeah. not talking like human beings. They're just explaining the film to you. And those those conversations go on for like three minutes at a time. And it's maddening. Horrible, yeah. horrible dialogue. Um yeah, none of the characters have anything particularly. I think the German guy, the safe cracker, was the only character who came close to being like having a unique personality that was like likable in any way. All the other characters are super bland. There's also then though a scene towards the end where like shit's popping off, and he pulls out a gun and he just starts headshotting zombies. They like, all headshot zombies, yeah. But like, it's not even like a joke. It's not even like paying off where the other guy goes, no, oh, no. fuck, he's actually a badass. It's just like, they. it's just lazy. It's just like, well, yeah. here's the action scene, so he should just be popping him in the head. It doesn't matter that he's a nerd. Yeah. That's the story. It's like, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of missed opportunities in it. Um, the first hour, as I said, like, I paused it at about 52 minutes. Um, to go to the Jacks, and nothing had happened in the film. They hadn't yeah. even gone into Las Vegas yet. Um, and then in the last hour, it's too long as well. Yeah. Like the first hour could be a good fifteen minutes shorter, and so could the last hour. Yeah, and it's two and a half hours, so that would cut it down to two hours. It'd be fine. Also, I don't like this new trend, right? Where they make the sequel first now, yeah, and then make a prequel to explain how they got to the sequel. That's the yeah. that's all films are that now. So the film opens with this, again, too long scene where they set up how the zombies came to be, right? God, that keeps going and going. It goes on forever. And then it plays this like um, little montage over um, Viva Las Vegas, because God, Zack Snyder loves an obvious song choice, as you know. (laughs) Um, And then that's it. The zombies taking over Vegas. Like, that could have been the first movie. Is the zombies taking over Vegas? That would have been a, a cool movie. You could have characters yeah. based in Vegas with, you know, you could have a proper heist. You could have the the showgirl, the magician, the you know musician, mm. and they have to defend, you know, something cool from that. But no, the zombies just take over Las Vegas in a three minute montage, and then I've no doubt that they're going to go back and do the the movie where they take over Las Vegas. They'll they'll go back and do the prequel how it came, and they're actually already doing a, a prequel. Um, they're doing a the prequel. Germ- they te- the film itself teases a sequel. Yeah, um, um, yeah. 
So they're already shooting a prequel, which is about the safecracker, which they've already shot before this one even came out. Oh, God. Um, and yeah, as you say, the sequel sets up a... a or the, the ending, which is horrible, by the way, um, sets up a sequel and... Yeah, and then the ending uh, montage plays uh, over the Cranberries zombie, which I... Yeah. Oh, my God. My eyes went right into the back of my head on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, aside from the middle third, which I thought was perfectly watchable... And I thought the action scenes were mostly fine. That's the best I can say about it. It'd be re- it, it's a real, it's almost a wrestling level bait and switch if they do make that prequel that's about, okay, it's, this one's a kooky, uh, Vegas heavy zombie movie, because that's what this one was supposed to be. Like I said last week, you watch the trailer and they make it look way more fun. The poster is like a slot machine. It's like Vegas, yeah. Vegas, Vegas. It's the Vegas zombie movie. You're going to have so much fun watching it. And then, yeah, it's just fucking Dave Batista and some fucking boring bastards walking around a pile of dirt and shit having (laughs) boring dialogue and then towards the end of the film he knocks over a deck of cards you know and then and and that's what they put and then now they're going to do the film like okay but now now here's the here's the vague because the concept of the vegas zombie movie is fun and it is like oh okay well this might be a bit of a laugh and they can get weird and wacky and silly with it they don't bother doing any of that bar that montage we talked about like oh god how does how does this guy not get it done in two and a half hours as well? It's just it's and there's there's two more points I just want to make about it quickly. Is number one, there was one scene I thought was well done, which was where they were crawling through the hibernating zombies. Yeah, and the one hand comes down on the little steel platter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, they've done this right at least. There's now a little tension. Will the steel thing fall on the floor and make noise and wake up the zombies? Like, ah, that was that was all right. Um. And number two is there is a plot point made about two thirds of the way through the movie that is not followed up on whatsoever. And I assume it's another in the grander scheme of films, they will come back to it, which is uh, a mild, mild spoilers here, I suppose, uh, where it's revealed that the zombies can reproduce. That was my that was my last week. My you didn't want to say it's, it's not really a, it's, it's no nothing, no no it's uh, nothing to do with the rest of the film. <laughs> no yeah, and the only the only reason I didn't want to say it was because it just came out last week. These days, yeah. if you haven't watched the hot new Netflix thing, you know. If also, it's shit. We're saying it's shit, so don't watch it. Yeah. That that was the thing last week that I didn't want to say that I said once this movie has been out long enough and it's talked about, it's going to be the Martha moment for this movie. Right. So the fucking woman queen zombie gets fucking bodied, and then the the king zombie fucking smashes into her gut and pulls out like a little, it's like one of those little plastic aliens you get from the pound shop um, uh, 20 years ago and does a Darth Vader my son it's like a piece of, like like I, what like first of all the how like why is that even why are you even doing this what is it second of all as you said it does not it's not followed up upon at all um <laughs> third of all um the uh this is mentioned in the in the red letter media review which is very good i i did enjoy it all right i, need, uh, I haven't finished watching that yet it's, it's it's very good but apparently in interviews why can't this guy fit this shit in his three-hour movies why does he have to constantly talk about it but in interviews Zack snyder was saying oh he, the zombies are kidnapping human regular women to force them to be reproductive hosts, basically. Right. And I'm like, in the movie, the the lady who loves her kids, she gets kidnapped but not eaten by the zombies. 
And it's never said why the fuck they're not just eating her. Even though it is eventually implied that this one zombie was pregnant. I guess you are just supposed to figure out that that's what they were going to do with the others. But, like, it's just there's 10 million things up in the air. And like I said, this is so stupid. It's so fucking stupid. Like, Zack Snyder made the made another comment that I read in an interview. He was like... um, well, the thing about zombie movies is that uh, the point of them is that we're the monsters, the humans, which is correct. It was like, well, motherfucker, you made the movie where that is least relevant or true because <laughs> because you went out of your way to, like, humanize the zombies or something but still make them pricks. And, like, oh, my God. And you made the humans out to be an idiot because there's a traitor character in this movie. Oh, my that, God. Who's the most even, obvious traitor in the world? Even by the standards of, like, pulpy fucking genre movies. Yeah. How did no one just shoot this movie? motherfucker in the head straight away um oh my god it's so like yeah uh, johnny evilson from uh, <laughs> from from devil corp uh just mr just... mr b trayer <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh my god and then guess what he turns on them oh what <laughs> what a surprise yeah but yeah, that 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 reveal of the 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 zombie baby happens like right before the final act so you're thinking okay this is going to play in somehow yeah. with like one of the main characters will find out that the infection is not just, not just turning into a zombie. It has some other, no, just nothing, nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> nothing happens. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my review. It, it was to, for me, not horrible, but definitely the wrong side of like bad. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. That's oh. the, uh, Joe, what about you, Joe? Any movies? Um, I watched a documentary. I'm not sure if it was really a movie or it's a TV one, but um, it's called The United Way. It's a documentary that I don't think it's produced by Eric Cantona. It's the Cantona one, yeah. Right. Yeah, or he's at least, um, he's certainly in it as almost like a narrator. Um, so it kind of details the history of United from uh, six, uh, back in the kind of Busby Babes era through right. to... Uh, Sir Alex Ferguson era winning the winning the treble in the Champions League. Um, it's probably one of the most unnecessary documentaries I've ever seen <laughs> because really? it just wow. focuses on the exact same very world tread bits of United's history that we all know, the Busby Babes and the treble team. It kind of it does fill in some of the gaps in between, but it kind of glosses over that pretty quickly. And it seems to just be a movie that talks about United winning things and how important Eric Cantona was to yeah. you know coming along in the nineties. Like what what's the point of the documentary? What's the angle of it? There isn't one. It's just that United are great and here's what happened. It's it's like a history of you know of Manchester United, except it only talks about two very specific oh, periods. So it's just purely historical, like Yeah. It's it's okay. just kind of and it has, you know, it does have good a good cast of people. Beckham's in there and um, a lot of other players are on it, and a lot of kind of people from back in the sixties, seventies who are at the club. But yeah, I mean, it's fine. I, I could, you know, I could always watch a documentary about United. But again, it's like we've been over this so many times. Like right. I don't, it doesn't add anything new. Or kind of, it's not like the Last Dance with yeah. Michael Jordan. You know, it's not like a completely sort of frank, you know, look back at what was going on and everything. It, it's just, yeah, very cookie cutter. 
At the end of the day, um, you, you don't need another Monday Night War documentary either. Basically, so. yeah, it's that, exactly. And then it doesn't go into the post-Ferguson era at all, which would actually be It's kind of the interesting thing, isn't it? It's kind of, yeah, you know, it's kind of declined. A, a, little, a little bit more meat on the bone there. Uh, yeah, so I, I would not recommend watching that unless you're a, a, a completist and really, really, really lo- just love watching a Manchester United dog. I've got more out of Gary Neville's soccer box <laughs> of the history of Manchester United, honestly. His insight into you know how they approach big games and what Ferguson was like, what the players were like, what kinds of... Like, soccer box is a lot more insightful than this, this documentary. So, uh, yeah, thumbs sort of... In the middle, slightly down for that one. Okay. I'm I'm looking forward to the Sir Alex Ferguson. I was going to say, have you are you going to check in Sir Alex Ferguson? That's on Amazon, right? The Fergie one. Yeah, I, I definitely will watch that. I've heard um, it's quite it's good. A lot, it's a lot better. Yeah, from an from a non United fan, I've heard it's quite good. Yeah, and I like the fact that that actually kind of deals with his, um, you know, the illness he had. Yeah, and uh, kind of coming back from that as well. That is like an actual, um, you know, something a bit new and, and interesting to it. So yeah, I will I will check that. It's got it. What's the name of it though? It's like Never Give In or something. Yeah, it? never, it's, like, it's like a Justin Bieber. Sir Alex actually. Ferguson, Never Give In. Ugh, it's a bit, a bit of a lame name. But sure. Heard it's good. There we go. Alrighty, that's yeah. the uh, movie guff there. Uh, Game guff. How's the old Final Fantasy going? Yeah, back on the Final Fantasy horse. Uh, <laughs> good, good. I um. I bumped the difficulty down to easy. Oh, because it was just taking too long. Cowardly. Yeah, <laughs> but one thing I've noticed in in, in bumping the difficulty down is is Final Fantasy VII remake really only has two difficulties. They are easy and ridiculously hard. <laughs> They're the two. There's no right. middle difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I believe like there is actually like easy and normal. I think there is like a hard that you can unlock as well. I don't know how you play it on hard because on normal mode, boss battles can take like half an hour to play. Like I don't have fucking half an hour to play. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what kind of stopped my uh, momentum when I was playing it the first time. It's just the pace of it was just too slow for me. And, and I do really like the world and I really like the story. So I wanted to experience that. So I said, I'll just bump the difficulty down to easy and I'll just kind of play through it for, for the story. Uh, and I actually enjoyed it much more playing it that way. Um, it feels like a more modern game because the pacing is a bit quicker. Um, you don't spend quite so much time on boss battles, which go on forever. Yeah, and like that's the thing is, I don't mind the hard game, obviously, but when it's hard and time consuming, you could have a boss battle that you play for half an hour and then die and then have to do it again, and that's a hard thing to pick yourself up and be motivated to do. Yeah. Um. So I was like, it's pop that easy. Like I got. 15 hours through it before I bumped it down. So I, I feel like I've I've earned it almost. Like, I've played that much of it. But now it's time to play it on, on a bit more of an easy difficulty. So I'm on, like, chapter 12 of 18, I think. So I'm, according to the walkthrough that I used to gauge how far through the game I am. Um, which is a thing I do a lot. I don't know if other people do that. Like, I don't use the walkthrough itself, but I will, I'll go to, like, IGN walkthrough wiki and look at the number of chapters and go, all right, that's roughly how far in I am. Um, so I'm, I'm probably like three fifths through the game at this stage. Okay. Um, yeah, I really liked the story. I really liked the characters. And I really liked the world. Um, I still have reservations about turn-based battles and I like what they've done with making it more real time, but, um, the boss battles still are just so long that, and they're, and, and are frequent to the point that I felt like I had to bump it down. And, and I'm, like I said, I'm enjoying it 
much more played it that way. Played a good like six hours of it this week. Um and so I'll hopefully have it beat within I don't know, the next week or two. Yeah, I do I do the uh, the walkthrough thing every now and then just to see just to where, see where I'm at. Uh yeah. I I I haven't been playing too much this week. Um I wanna get I wanna get back to Returnal. I haven't played Returnal in a few weeks. The mm. PS5 just does not get a whole lot of use, and so I don't find myself going, oh, okay, a quick game. It's really good, but I just haven't had a chance to get into it. Uh, playing more Knockout City still. Uh, I'm really, really liking that. It's really addictive. Uh, they had, I didn't realize this because it's on Game Pass, so I just have it, but they were also basically on all platforms doing a free launch week. Right. So ad- anyone could download it. play it. They just said today, launch week is over, but they're actually going to keep it up for free up until level 25 which is a decent chunk of um uh time i I'm, I'm on level 50 now and i've been playing i checked my stats there i've put about 15 hours into it okay. uh so so if anyone is is curious and looking for a kind of arcadey sports game you can play that game for about six or seven hours for free before you have to drop any money on it i think it'll get its hooks into a lot of people if you not saying it's exactly the same, but if you have liked things in the vein of, you know, a FIFA Street or a, um, uh, I, I struggle to think of anything else, but it, it's kind of classified. It's funny. It's classified on Twitch as like a third person shooter, which I guess technically it is. <laughs> but to me, it is more of a sportsy kind of thing. Um, I'm loving it. I'm really loving it. They, they, they've launched a, uh, oh, I have a sneeze coming. Hang on. Very kindly muted himself. Oh, very professional, very professional. Yeah. Um, I, I, the hay fever, I survived it all day. It's only hitting me now. But anyway, they just did their uh, competitive ranked mode. Uh, so yesterday on Twitch, I did jump onto that. That was a big mistake. I should not have been broadcasting that. I got absolutely obliterated, left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. I was getting, not only was I getting killed, I was getting very red-faced, and I was not handling <laughs> it well. I was getting very agitated. Um, but because uh, there's, there's people who are getting into it, and they're really fucking good already. Um, but yeah, big, big, big thumbs up on that. I'm really enjoying it. I think it's kind of one of the more surprising hits of the uh, of the year so far for me. So yeah, thumbs up on that. Um, I'm going to finish Destroy All Humans, I think, this coming Wednesday. And yeah, I think I'm probably going to start Bowser's Fury next. I put up a little poll, Ooh, and I think that was winning. Oh, that's a good game. So, so I think that'll be the next uh, the next Twitch project. But uh, but yeah, that's the games for me this week. Cool. Right. Uh, a treat. A, a little treat for the world. We've got a little quiz. Excellent. Um, it is the return of Why Don't You Risk It for a Gerald Riskit. But um, in saying that, I have slightly rejigged the formula a little bit. Okay. So, two categories only. Um, the categories I've chosen have much more answers than we did last time. So okay. category one, for example, has 18 correct answers. Right. Okay. Category category two is 13. Um, I'll also inform you I am bumping up the negative marking. <laughs> A negative answer will now score you negative two points. Ooh. Not negative. Ooh, baby. Uh, and the reason I did that is just there there is a higher abundance of like fours and threes in these rounds. So you're more likely to get a four or three than previously. Mm. Um so negative marking will, will apply more so. Um, for those unaware from last time we played this game, Risk It for Gerald Brisket is I will give the guys a category. Uh, the example we used last time was like WWF champions from the year 2000. Um, and basically, the more obscure the answer you can give, 
the higher the points you will receive. Uh, scaling from one to four. So one point for the most obvious answers, four points for the most obscure. And the way we judge it is purely numerical. So uh, WWE champions, for example, The Rock and Triple H held the title the most times, therefore they would get the least amount of points. Uh, whereas Kurt Angle only held it once. He'll get you more points. Um, now, luckily, we're not going that far back in time this time. We're only going back as far as the year 2020. Okay. So let me give you the um, the rundown. Category one is men's world title matches in WWE oh, in God. 2020. Now, <laughs> let me state what that entails, right? Oh, geez. Any WWE or Universal title match only. Right. Does not include NXT title. And only matches that took place on pay-per-views or WWE Network exclusive events. Okay. I'll give you the rundown of what they are if you would like. Sure. Uh, so the events that are included in this are as follows. Oh, God. Uh, Royal Rumble, Super Showdown, Elimination Chamber, WrestleMania 36, Money in the Bank, Backlash, The Horror Show at Extreme Rules, SummerSlam, Payback, Clash of Champions, Hell in a Cell, Survivor Series, and TLC. So any male wrestler who competed in a match um, in 2020 at those shows in which a world title was on the line. Okay. Uh, who would like to go first? <laughs> Keeping in mind that there are two categories. The person who goes first this time will go second on the, set, on the other category. Um, I'll let Barry go first. Oh, you bastard. Um, All right, Barry, you are up first. Oh, God almighty. This is a fucking terrible category. Uh, In the year 2020, you remember. Goldberg versus Braun Strowman. Well, I'll say I'll say right away. You you only need to give me one wrestler's name, not two. Oh but, shit! <laughs> but I will I will tell you what I will give you. Goldberg. Uh, for three points. Okay. Goldberg is the higher score, so I'll give you that. Okay. I didn't I didn't realize. Sorry, I didn't realize. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. That's match. Yeah. Sorry. That's right. Yeah, I, I I probably badly explained that, but it's it's wrestlers who wrestled in world title matches. Sorry okay. Okay. Okay, Joe, over to you. Um, the Fiend. The Fiend. The Fiend's only a two-pointer. He wrestled in five world title matches. God, who's more obscure than Goldberg? Um, oh, was this 2020? I don't remember. No. Yeah, Goldberg wrestled in two world title matches, by the way. Yeah. And The Fiend 5, as I said. Okay. Also, for the record, The Fiend Bray Wyatt is included as one person. Oh, well, that's bullshit. Um, <laughs> They're not the same person, Paul. Well, okay, Fade, brother. How about uh, Seth Rollins? Oh, very good for four points. Yeah. Seth four. Rollins, he was only in one title match last year. Okay. Um, I think I've got a good one, Jay Uso. Oh, Jay Uso, very good. Three oh, points. Oh, 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 very Jay good. Jay Uso was in two. He was in Hell in a Cell, obviously, and then yeah. I think that was the only uh, only two matches I watched. Jay Uso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good one, Joe. Very good. Um, uh, 
stage. And I'll just remind people, the round ends when both competitors, Barry and Joe, choose to skip a turn. Okay. So obviously, because there's negative marking, either of you guys can choose to skip a turn if you want. Um, but when both of you skip consecutively, that's when the round will end. Okay. Um, I know this is, this is going to be low scoring, but I'll just take it anyway because I'm struggling. Roman Reigns? Yeah, two points for Roman Reigns. Four world title matches. Um, I got Drew McIntyre. Yeah, top of the top of the table. One point. He had nine world title matches last year. <laughs> Fuck. Brock Lesnar. Yeah, Brock Lesnar. Correct, of course. He had, he only had the two. So how about he's at three points? Nice. Uh, Braun Strowman. I still yeah. better answer. Pick it up, that Braun. Yeah, two points for Braun. He he was a uh, joint second. After Drew McIntyre, him and he and the Fiend uh, had five matches, mostly against each other. I'm trying to remember fucking title matches from earlier in the year. Yeah, there are there are eight four pointers on offer here. Jesus, eight more answers. No, there are, there are ten more oh. answers, eight of which are worth four Jesus points. Jesus Christ. Jesus. Fucking hell. Um, okay. I'm trying to think who's even been champion on the Raw side. <laughs> who's the fucking champion now? I don't even know who the fucking champion is right now. It's Lashley. Huh? Yes, okay. And he, him and, uh, again, another low scoring one, but I'll pick it anyway. Drew McIntyre. Uh, incorrect, Barry. Joe already chose Drew McIntyre, so that's my, minus two. Oh, ooh, baby, I love you with every day. Um, I'm going to go for Kevin Owens. Oh, Kevin Owens for four points for Joe. Yeah, baby! Your favorite wrestler, Barry. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> he only had one world title match towards the end of the year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, who has Roman been wrestling? Brian, I guess. Um, I'll skip. I'm really sucking. It's skipping. Okay. Joe, yeah, really over to you. Um. Bobo Bob, Bob Lashley? I don't Bob, think we've said him. Bobo Lashley yeah. is correct. Yeah, we haven't had him. He had one against Drew last year. Uh, and Bobby's worth four points. Oh, no. Dear, back, dear. To you, back to you, Barry. <laughs> He's stumped. He's stumped. His, his yeah. Murphy. I'm uh, I'm like again not watching any of these shows, so yeah. Uh, God, who they who's even who is even pushed these days? Oh, there was like another person in the Reigns situation. <laughs> this is so annoying. Uh, this is so fucking annoying. 
Uh, I have no fucking idea. I was going to take another guess on uh, AJ Styles. Oh, AJ Styles is correct. Shit. Okay. Four points. He had one title match. God almighty. Hmm. Joe, off to you. That was the only one I had up my sleeve. Was oh, really? AJ Styles. So now I'm going to have to think, is it worth risking... It for a Gerald Brisket. Risking it for a Gerald Brisket. It. Um, oh fuck! Who else is there in WWE? I think like New Day, but I think I don't know if any of them had title shot. Um, it would have had it would have to be on pay per view or a WWE Network yeah. exclusive event to keep that in mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. We haven't. Oh, what about... Uh, we haven't had Daniel Bryan. I've got Daniel Bryan. Correct. For four oh, points. Yes, yes, for yes. Joe's, Joe's on three four-pointers in a row, for the record. God damn. Owens, Lashley, and Daniel Bryan. There's a lot of good answers. Yeah, I think Daniel Bryan had one right at the start of the year. Was that Royal Rumble, maybe, even? Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Wait, what was Joe's last answer? Daniel Lashley. Bryan, Bobby Lashley, and Kevin Owens. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, right here. How did I not say Brian? Fuck. Um, Randy Orton. Randy Orton's correct. Oh, that's a good one for two points. Two points only. He had three three pay per view matches for the title. Right, mm. there are there are five answers remaining. Four of them are worth four points, and one is worth three points. Uh, the scores at the moment: Joe is on twenty. And Barry's on 16. Shit. Oh, it's pretty still very close then. Now the scores will carry over into round two. Mm. So you have mm. to decide at what point do you want to cash in your chips on round one? Um So it's Joe's turn anyway. I'm gonna I think it's gonna be a struggle here to Who did Goldberg wrestle at WrestleMania? Is it Kevin Owens? Um, uh, I'm gonna pass for this one. He's gonna skip, skip C. Yeah, go back to Barry. Okay. I'd love to pounce here. I've, there's a name on the tip of my tongue, but as I am already four behind, I simply cannot risk it for a Gerald Brisket. I just cannot. You're gonna skip. I'm gonna skip as well. Okay, you're gonna bring an end to round one. Uh, okay, though. So we're going to continue on. As I said, the scores are Joe on 20, Barry on 16. I'll give you the answers that you missed. You had The Miz for yeah, three points. That's what I was thinking. Mm. And I was, oh, he, had, he had two pay-per-view main events. One of them, a handicap match, also featuring, for four points, John Morrison. John Morrison. Oh. Fuck. That was like last end of last year as well. I should yeah. You had Dolph Ziggler. Oh, always. Yeah. What? Yeah, he, had a, he had a pay-per-view at Extreme Rules, I think, with Drew McIntyre. Oh, um, of course. Any yeah. idea who wrestled Brock Lesnar at Super Showdown? Cade Velasquez? No, Ricochet. It was Ricochet for four yeah. points. Oh, oh, that's annoying. I should have got that. I, for some reason, I was, I've was i got a poster here on my wall. <laughs> Ricochet's on it. And I looked and I said, nah, no way would it be Ricochet. I forgot that they were briefly tried to give him And something. then the main event of WrestleMania, of course, was Drew McIntyre winning the title. 
But then he had another match. I I was going to say this, oh. but I didn't think you were going to count this. They, they didn't air this until Raw. No, but it happened at WrestleMania. I would have given it to But you. you don't know it happened at WrestleMania because they were all in the same building. Uh, this, but they said this, it. Uh, big, I, show, big Show would have been four points. Well. Literally straight away at the beginning, as you were reading <laughs> the rules, I was like, well, Big Show absolutely big show but i was like i'm not gonna right. i'm not gonna risk it for a chocolate biscuit based on this fucking quiz rule two point yeah. penalty i tell you what if, ah, if, if, if you had said if you had asked to clarify if that would have counted before guessing i would i would answer for you yeah. anyway um category you're only four points behind don't worry you can still get grab this back category two women's world title matches in 2020 okay. now i will clarify any match in which the women's title was on the line, even if it wasn't apparent at the time, yes. If the world champion happened to become pregnant or something and revealed that the other person actually was the champion, now that will count. Okay, right. So, um, Joe, you're up first this time. Uh, we're talking WWE, right? WWE women's okay. world uh, title matches on pay per view or WWE oh. network uh, exclusive events. In 2020, women, what were in their matches, please? Uh, we'll go for some easy ones. Uh, we'll go for Asuka. Asuka for one point. Asuka was in eight <laughs> world title matches last know. year. One fewer than Drew, but still a lot. Barry. I will go for Nia Jax. Oh, for three points. Nice. She had two, two world title matches. Um, Joe, Becky Lynch. Yeah, Becky Lynch for three. She Ooh. only she only had two before she uh, gave it up, gave up the belt. Nice, nice. Uh, two Asuka, of course. Shayna Baszler. Ooh, another three pointer. Yeah, she had two as well. Um, Charlotte. Oh, for a negative two. What? As unbelievable as it is, Charlotte Flair is incorrect. Shit. She. She was not in a single women's title match last year. Can you believe it? That's ridiculous. Yeah. I couldn't believe it, Joe, but it's true. Uh, I may be getting my timelines mixed up, but I'll take a pop on this. Ronda Rousey? No, that's also incorrect. You, Fuck you're, off! You're, you can't be serious. You're thinking too far back. That I'm was thinking, 2019. Yeah. <laughs> WrestleMania was her last match. She was not around Shit. in the pandemic. WrestleMania. I, for, I forgot she wasn't around. Yeah. Shit. Sorry, sorry. Two negatives there in a row for the first time. Joe, back to you. Ooh, thank, thank God. Uh, Sasha Banks. Yeah, Sasha Banks okay. for for two points. She had five. Decent. Uh, Carmella. Yep, for three. Carmella is correct. She was in two matches. Um, We've not got any of the four point women yet. The four there there are three women worth four points. I think I know one, but I, oh, I get it's a risk. Oh fuck, I hate it's a game. risk for Gerald Brisk. Yeah, Gerald. Um, oh god, I'll go set up Bailey. Yeah, top of the table, yeah. Bailey. Yeah. Eight, yeah. eight uh, world title matches for one point. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna risk it. Tamina. Yeah, to, well, Tamina's correct, Barry, but she's only worth three points. Oh, what? Oh, yes. Wow, she had two world title matches. Wow. Okay. 
Um, God, I can't, what's the woman's name? The that is the question. Uh, the, the, <laughs> what's what's her bloody name? The one she's blonde. Oh yeah. Ninety nine percent of the two thousand six SmackDown roster. You think of? Uh, um. I'm thinking of someone, but if I can't remember the name of this woman, Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans for two points, Joe. That's correct. Yeah. She had three world title matches before she disappeared. Um, this year, Preggers, isn't she? Yeah, yeah Preggers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, there are four more correct answers. Three of them worth four points. Ooh. Uh. The score at the moment is 27-26 to Joe. <laughs> one point um, in it. Oh, this is a risky one. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, no. Naomi. Naomi is correct for three points. Shit. She had two, which puts Barry in the lead now. Fine. 27 to 29, Joe. You need to get one of the four pointers. Shit. There are three three correct answers left. <laughs> um, and they are, they are the you've got everyone except the four pointers, which I'm pretty impressed with already. The two of you guys. Oh fuck. Um Who do I uh, do I gamble? I've got a couple of people in mind, but I really have no idea. Um yeah. Even though all the ones so far were guesses, to be honest. So. <laughs> um, shit. Oh, um, God, what's her name? Now I'm going to forget her name as well. The woman. <laughs> the woman. Blonde, the, yeah. No, she's Japanese. Uh, God, I can't really remember their name. This is, <laughs> let alone Kairi Sane. Kyrie Sane, I'm afraid not, Joe. That's ah, fucking... Kyrie Sane was not... I think she accompanied Asuka in one of the matches, but she was not actually in the match herself. Okay. Do not count. Um, I have a bit of daylight here between me and Joe, so I'm going to take a yeah. punt. I think this is... I, I'm not confident on this one, but I'll take a punt. Alexa Bliss? Alexa Bliss, big name, but like Charlotte Flair. Yeah. A wrong one. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't because she started doing the fiend shit early in the year. So I thought that was yeah. a risk. But I was thinking maybe pre-pandemic she would have. No, I was shocked when I made the list that Charlotte and Alexa Bliss were neither on it. Yeah, they're they, they're the two um, booby traps. Um, All right, Joe. Come on. You have a, you have a, you, the, the the keeper saved the peno, but he was off the line, so you get to retake it. Oh God! Who else? I mean, I can think of lots of older women, but I don't know that. You don't know if they were in. I mean, yeah, the only ones I can think of, I wouldn't imagine having um, world title shots. Um, Bob. God, who would be most likely? Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan, incorrect. I'm afraid. 
Um, all right, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to take one more punt, and at this stage, I might, I might then call it uh, right. Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke's correct for four. Shit, she was in um, Money in the Bank, I believe. Yeah, that that ladder match is doing a lot of work for me. I've <laughs> I, I I knew that they they scraped the bottom of the barrel for that match. So yeah, so Joe. You're going to need to get both four pointers here and no wrong answers. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, ooh, um, this, is, this is tough. It is. This is very tough. Um, I'll go uh, Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross, correct. Oh, oh well done. Well done. Excellent. So the score, um, the score is 27 to 31. Barry, your turn. I'm going to skip. Gonna skip, yep. you coward. Yeah, yeah. No, it's tactics. It's called <laughs> a little thing called tactics, sir. Thank you. Oh, you, f- yeah. You fucking. Um. So there's one answer left. There is one left. Oh, I don't think I'm ever gonna get it. Um. Uh. Fuck. Uh, Natalia. Oh, I'm afraid it's not Natalia. Well, it's a valiant I, guess, but it's Before wrong. I skipped, that was going to be my. I was thinking Natalia, so. Right. Do you want to guess, Barry? Fucking hell, I really don't know. Um, like, I'm trying Ruby. to think who's, who's been. Who, Ruby Riot? Well, it's not your turn, Joe. <laughs> it's Barry's turn. Oh, I thought it was over. I can't win. No. <laughs> well, Ruby Barry could, could get wrong. Ruby Riot is wrong, Barry. Oh, dang. So Barry gets minus two. Joe, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> A devious play there by Joe. Oh shit! Um, I I legitimately I can't think of any more women on the roster. So I'm Lana. No, it's not Lana. Um... Oh fucking! There's definitely someone else in that ladder match. I'm not thinking of. Um... We've said Asuka, Dana Brooke, Tamina, Nia Jax, Carmella, Nikki Cross. It's not Alexa Bliss. We've said Becky Lynch, said Shayna, said Bailey, said Sasha, said Naomi. I'll, I'll skip, I have no idea. I legitimately can't think of another woman on the roster, not, not including NXT people. All right, Joe. Um, I think I might just get. Oh God, I don't know. Um, thingy. Um, big Australian one. Why can't I think of any name? I think I might be losing my mind. I just can't think of any. <laughs> well, you don't want it to be fair. 
Rhea. You think of Rhea? Rhea, Rhea, Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. No, it's not Rhea. I'm afraid. That was that's. I briefly was going to say, and then I said, no, that was Charlotte. Why wouldn't Charlotte come? And then I remember that's NXT. That was NXT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll skip. I I don't know. I, I don't right. know. Joe, I'll skip. Skip. Okay, skip. we're over. All right, final score. Barry with the women picks the win up. Uh, it is Joe on twenty three, but Barry on twenty nine. Um, the last woman. If I told you that she's no longer employed by WWE, that wouldn't help. Very infamously not employed by WWE. Uh, oh, Thea Trinidad. Who? What's like, her name? He said Thea Trinidad. Her yeah, that, yeah. That, that is correct. Zelina Vega. I don't know. Oh, did WWE she have a title name. match? Wow. She okay. did. Towards the end of the year. It might have even been TLC. But there you go. That's your quiz for this week. I would have been sat here for the rest of time trying to guess Thea Trinidad. Yeah. I would not have gotten that. Got that. Yeah. Got that. Um, it was her. All right. Let's talk about this pape that we got going let's on tonight. Talk. Well, actually, first, uh, did you watch Dark Side of the Ring? Yes, yeah. Um, What'd you make of it? I thought it was all right. Um, thought his, you know, his ex-wife, his first wife, was very interesting. Yeah. Um, seemed like a nice person. You know, did not seem like she had any um, agenda. She, she went through. She seemed. She seemed on the up and up, and it was nice. Yeah. It was okay. It was. You know, the, he, he's kind of like the Road Warriors, in that there's not like. To say there's not a lot of scandal about him is maybe that's maybe too light because he, he's had his share of scandal. But there's not a murder or a fucking you know uh, right. found face down in a hotel room. I mean, he's just a fucking dickhead who was a wrestler. You know what I mean? Right. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Which you know, uh, and th- like, I'm glad they didn't overemphasize the SummerSlam thing. Like, it was a big part of the show, but. Uh, as time has gone on, I think people just look back on that story and are just kind of like, eh, he, he was a top guy. He wanted to be treated like a top guy. He held up Vince. But now history looks back on people who held up Vince better. Like right. you know, people, people respect Jeff Jarrett for fucking gouging him for a quarter of a million, you know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, they they um, I thought they did as comprehensive a job as they could do in 45 minutes. They talked about the, the queer and don't make the world work. Uh, yeah, they actually and one thing I was actually explaining a lot of this to to Brona, who was fascinated by it. I was impressed that they had the uh, the screen caps of his blog because his yeah. wife has worked to not only scrub that from his website. It's not on the way back machine. It's not on a lot of uh, internet resources. She's gone overtime on it. Excuse me again as I as I mute for a sneeze. So that stuff is that stuff is gone, gone. You know. Mm. Um, so they they had some some images from somewhere, I guess. Um, yeah, it was okay. It was lower lower end of the series, I thought. Yeah. Have you been watching these, Joe? No, no. I'm I'm kind of interested, but not enough to actually seek it out and, <laughs> and watch them. But yeah. yeah. Um, I I found the Ultimate Warrior one. Yeah, as you said, I found it a little bit shallow. I found it surprisingly fair, um, especially when you had Dana Warrior on Twitter going calling it filth and smut. It was surprisingly fair to Warrior. Yeah, to be fair. I, I, that that just made her seem like a crackpot more than anything else. Like she wants. Well, to- I, I feel like she expected it was going to be more of a hit piece than it turned out being. 
Yeah, because and you know what? If that wasn't that might maybe it was her own thought, but it was probably that was probably also WWE saying don't don't work with them. That's filth. You don't want to work with. Yeah, them. work work on our A and E one, which is which. To be fair, I also heard to be fair that one was also not as much of a of a wank off of Warrior mm-hmm. as you might think. That one was also. Um, the only thing was like they they talked about his like his horrible speeches and his horrible blog that he would do and yeah. apparently they they tried to pass it off as he fancied himself as a sort of rush limbaugh um Right. Basically, Type. kind of like, kind of like you know, you know, when Alex Jones went to court and he was like, "Oh no, I, I don't believe that shit. I just do it." Yeah, I play work a character. The marks. She, apparently, his wife tried to pass it off as that on the A and E documentary, but I don't want to buy that. For no. um, I mean, especially when he's like pre pre two thousand and five, there was plenty of people willing to testify he was a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's uh, funny. That that's funny. That so close together to documentaries came out about warrior one which would had the potential to be a, a very positive bordering on like kiss ass documentary and the other to be a hit piece and neither of them were yeah i heard someone say i haven't seen the any one i heard someone say that realistically the perfect world would have been both you know the, these being fused together yeah. get get both his wives on on to to say that i i i and you know again a testament to her character i don't think his first wife wanted to do a hit piece i don't think she you know no. um because she even you know at the at the absolute peak of talking about his his attitude and they had the jake the snake stuff which i thought was really interesting jake snake going i was at the hall of fame with a roll of quarters in my pocket. <laughs> definitely <laughs> not true definitely not true so funny um, but they had Jake Snake talking about how his uh, Warriors antics cost um, Jake a title run, basically. Um, but they then they they then segued to his wife talking about like he was crumbling behind at, at home and he was having emotional breakdowns, which I'm not absolutely not saying excuses the, the way he was. But it was just kind of an interesting insight into all these you constantly, especially in the 80s, 90s, hear about these huge dickheads in wrestling. Who are impossible to deal with, and then they go home and they're just emotionally shattered because you can't because you probably can't be emotional in the nineteen ninety one WWF locker room. Probably not. No. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, I think you, I you think, can't uh, cry in front of tugboat. No, <laughs> I think it was. Uh, I think it was. It was quite fair. Uh, all knowledge. Have you watched any of the A and E stuff, by the way? Not at all. I watched. I watched the Michaels one, and it was. It was okay. It was. I heard uh, the the Savage one was savage. Ironically, yeah, I, I've been hearing very mixed things about all of them. The Sean one I heard was okay. I watched it, and it was fine. It was kind of like you were saying about the United documentary. It's like blah, 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 lost his smile. Blah blah blah. Uh, found Jesus. Blah blah blah. Came back. Had a great run. Yeah, um, you know, they were they were surprisingly honest about doing the old Blowski. Um, but it was very funny that uh, Sean. I don't know if this is because God won't let him, but he kept calling it like uh, blow and yayo, never saying coke. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yayo um, is such a funny term. Come to finish out, Mike. Yeah, one thing I did like about, again, I I didn't watch it because they're about, they're about ninety minutes. They're long. They're not right, like you know. Sure. Um, the Warrior one had like lots of as WWE always does because they have the infinite archive. They had lots of like. Um, behind-the-scene footage of Vince and Warrior and uh, Warrior having to film that promo where he apologized for allegedly telling a, a kid to fuck off, which is... <laughs> which, I mean, that makes him more of a legend, to be honest. Um, but, like, really incredible, bizarre footage of him, like, trying to do it and then breaking down because he doesn't believe what he's saying and then Vince coming up and saying, God, Jim, it's just a work! Just say it, Jim! 
it's just two fucking psychopaths trying to film a promo together. It's just absolute mayhem. Uh, one thing, one thing I was surprised by. I heard this about the AED as well, and it was true with Dark, Dark Side. No, no WCW talk. Yeah, I was surprised um, by that as well. Uh, and I was very disappointed with Dark Side. I guess Dark Side of the Ring, they don't really care to talk about. This guy didn't pop a demo. He didn't pop a house. You know, they don't care about yeah. any of that shit. So th- they just kind of said, "Warrior lost the title." Anyway, it's like, well, like, like, yeah, but it was like he was massively disappointing as a ch- as a world champion post Hogan. He was supposed, yeah. and they they even talk about during the Hogan match. They talk about this is it. He's the new guy. He's going to be Hogan. And then when they talk about SummerSlam, they're like, he's annoyed. He's not getting paid like Hogan. I was surprised they didn't have you know Cornet or someone say, "Well, you weren't." fucking drawing like hogan which is why you weren't treated like hogan yeah um and no i thought the wcw stuff i was shocked there was none of that yeah because they had bischoff on as a talking head yeah they had bischoff on to talk about his fucking 96 comeback in, in wwf but not the wcw run bizarre yeah i was surprised as well although i understand it's not a hogan documentary but I, when when hogan lost to warrior and the whole fucking hulk hogan performance of kicking yeah. out on three and and giving him the belt in the hogan procession that they didn't uh, touch on that but obviously it's not a hogan documentary so yeah that's, that's yeah it's not yeah but oh just looking up at the sky brother why have you forsaken me <laughs> oh great well that would have been a good angle is that like he was almost fucking set up to fail from the very start of it like yeah yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying there was enough to justify a two-parter like Pillman. There definitely wasn't, but there was a couple of little things. I was like, ah, come on, you could have you could have put that in. Yeah, I could have stretched that. Um, maybe skimp on like they were surprisingly thorough on his origins, on his territory, his dingo warrior, yeah, stuff, and, and, and his house with his gym in it. Like, all right, yeah, I'm like, uh, cut that out and show me some footage <laughs> of the bad WCW match, please. <laughs> um, show me some footage. I want the footage of Hogan looking at him in the mirror. That's what I want, <laughs> brother. You don't see him. You don't see him, brother. <laughs> <laughs> he's on the wall brother that's what i want but um, um yeah next week um next two weeks sure to be a barrel of laughs you got grizzly smith um oh, jake the snake's dad and then you've got dynamite kids and his sky oh brilliant oh, you know? jesus um anyway uh, so yeah one thing i like here is by virtue of us doing the recording before the pay-per-view we can actually talk about how dynamite functions as a go-home show which we don't often do yeah, uh, I thought it. I thought it was mostly good, but how much of a train wreck was that weigh-in segment? Know, what, what were they even trying? Has Paul that? White? I, like, I, has Paul White never used one? I mean, I, to be fair, look, he's not a fucking sportscaster. He just he, he doesn't he work for the commission. Like, yeah, he he he, he commentates <laughs> fake sport for a living. He's so got a, he's got a phobia of scales since his time in OBW. <laughs> Jim Ross weighing him, weighing him every week. Oh, God. Too, too fat. Uh, but like yeah it's like they so they have this segment that on paper sounded great because the cody and gogo stuff it's so pomp it's so over the top it's so stupid in a funny way that i'm like let's do a weigh in and and a gogo will be out there giving it all that but then it just they come out and and Big Show is one of these guys, you can tell he's loving the fact that he can riff on the mic. But the flip, he fucking never stops riffing. He's constantly putting in little lines and they're not landing. Yeah. And, and and he's like, don't you square up to me, son. To Eddie Gogo's like, all right, come on, settle down. We're, we're not doing that. 
Um, and then do, do, you know what I, do you know what I love though when Ogoga came out and he was like you can't come out on your own you got a whole herd with you Cody then comes out with 9,000 people. <laughs> people he comes out with the people who help build the school he runs like oh my god um, they had fireworks going off because it was Memorial Day weekend the crowd are freaking out and then <laughs> Cody gets on the scales and Big Show like like an old dad trying to program the VCR he's like um <laughs> Uh, Cody, you're 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 beeping twelve here. I'm not sure what that means. Um, <laughs> but then he starts it by saying, uh, "Cody, you're obviously bullshitting. Pure like uh, me trying to talk my way out of a uh, you know uh, when you get asked for ID at a pub or something like a." Uh, Cody, you're, you're, you're coming in at uh, about 200. Good and lean. Yes, very good. And then there's two more minutes of awkward fidgeting while JR goes, oh, this way is bowling shoe ugly. We didn't get a real fucking scale for this shit. <laughs> and then, obviously, the 200 was complete. He was making it up as he went along. And somewhere along the way, he got fed the line, it's supposed to be he's 218 and the other guy's 219, you fucking idiot. So say he's 218. <laughs> Just work it. Like, no one can see the scale measurement. Yeah, I mean, oh, it was a disaster. It was an absolute disaster. Then they had their pull apart. Oh. And like, oh. we, didn't mean, even, we didn't even get in a go-go promo. We didn't even get him saying, right, listen, I'm going to batter you so hard that you're going to be back to your fucking Animal Crossing village with a fucking bandage over your eye, you you." You fucking oh. <laughs> what was that? Paul Walter Hauser and Cam in um, Cruella, was it? Um, yeah, there's a few other problems with it as well. Number one is they they had it set up so yeah, the UK and American flags behind the ring, right? But then they shot it from the hard cam, which was perpendicular to that, so you couldn't actually see the flags. Yeah, and everyone was standing on one side of the ring, so you couldn't see who they were. Um. So that was bad, first of all. Um, yeah, they had the analog scale in the ring, which was bouncing up and down with 15 people in the ring. And Picture was like, if you fucking stop bouncing. Yeah, like, exactly. Will you stop, please? <laughs> Why didn't they mention him on like, the stage? I Where the scales no would stay still? I don't know. Yeah, they, they, um, they simultaneously overthought it and didn't actually think about the intricacies of how it would work. Um, so yeah, a shame. Didn't really, didn't really come. To, I, I love a weigh-in segment, but this one didn't really come together. No, it was a mess. It was a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're like posing on the ring corners, and Agogo thought they were cheer for him or something. I don't know what the point of all that was. Yeah, and, and QT was like trying to cut a promo, and nobody was reacting. <laughs> nobody was listening to. Him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a complete disaster. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I, I, I was there much else go home showy on this. Um, um, Orange yeah. Cassidy stuff was was okay. I thought. Yeah, the Orange Cassidy stuff was. F- he he got a big pop when he came out. To be fair. Mm. Oh, that was the main thing about this show was they had a crowd and it was fucking great. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Um, Pac cut a, a pretty poor promo. I thought. Um, sometimes his shtick gets in the yeah. way of actually doing a good promo. Um, with super strong accent as well. No young books on this show either, which I thought was strange. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I like oh, the, the the world title thing is literally just being carried by. Hey, we like Orange Cassidy, and we're gonna watch this show and cheer for him because if he won, it would be super neat. That's literally all it is. There's, yeah, there's it's no, really poorly. There's no poorly. juice to it. Kenny, I made this point on on Twitter, and I was partially joking, but I was also partially not. 
Hikaru Shida came out for her like title in the dress and the makeup, this, like beautiful flowing yeah. like dress with her championship and her hair up and just looking like a, a superstar. And they presented her with the the new belt, which is slightly bigger, waste of time in my opinion. But anyway, uh, and Britt Baker came out and interrupted it, and that was that was very simple, but it was fine. Like a star equally. Yeah, who also looked like a star. Kenny mm. Omega in his fucking... He looked like, like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 character. Yeah, all, but all the defaults create a skater settings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, with his cap backwards. And I was like, oh, oh my God, you are such a fucking loser. Fucking You And I was like, I don't give a fuck if it's supposed to be... I don't think it is with him. It, but it, I don't give if it's supposed to be ironic drip heat or any shit like that. He looks like a chud. I mean, he just looks like a <laughs> fucking idiot. Um, I'm I've I've really disliked a, a lot of this rain. Um, it has not been good. It has yeah. not been good. I don't think. Speaking of juice and not being good, no more Joey Janela on Dynamite, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Joey Janela is fighting. At, fighting. He's having a match with Adam Page, right? And on commentary, they're pointing out this lad's big belly is sticking out. This lad's <laughs> underpants are sticking out. That, that was hilarious. I was like, "What are they doing?" It was during the commercial break. Obviously, they mentioned. Right, mentioned yeah, I was watching that, on Fight TV, so it might have been. Yeah, Taz is discarding his food. Someone taking our t-shirt. no more, Joey. Someone took him to get a t-shirt when he wrestles. His fucking underwear is poking out. And then he busts him open hard way twice. Oh, lad, come on. Yeah. At least, at least Paige looked kind of cool with the crimson mask on cutting the promo. But oh. I'd say he probably would have preferred to not have it. He probably would have preferred not to have it. I think like, that's very fair to say. I miss what happened to him, how he got cut. Though. I, I, Because I, uh, I was um, I was marinating my chicken while I was watching Dynamite, so I was not, I was not watching very closely. Um uh, I love the irony as well of Taz telling Joey Janelle to wear a shirt when he wrestles. Taz who wore a <laughs> shirt for like his entire WWF run, basically. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, Joey Janela, man, he looked so bad. Yeah. Because he, 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 I've seen pictures of Janela from like the last year where he's like toned up pretty well. Yeah. But he looked like a complete slob in this match. Yeah. Um, like not TV ready. That's and like there, there have been periods like early in AEW where I kind of thought. Not as not as charismatic or on the level, but I kind of thought like he could he could be their Foley, not a star on the level of Foley, sure, but he could be the unconventional guy, every man, yeah, yeah, and every man who all the wrestlers kind of respect and they want to have a brawl with him and prove they're tough. And he's not necessarily mm. the star, but if you go in there and you you bleed and you have a fucking wild fight with him, that the fans will respect you. Like you know, he had the Moxley match early on that I like, yeah. Where, yeah. Like, and I kind of thought the Sunny Kiss team was okay at first, but after over after over a while, it's just kind of become this thing of he's just a, a, a guy who doesn't look very good and also doesn't wrestle very good. He's disappointed in pretty much every major Dynamite match. Uh, the Cody match wasn't that good, you know. There's been just it's been a it's been a major letdown. I think uh, every, every time he gets a, a shot. Yeah, um, he might be one for the uh, the dark or the elevations going forward. God, just his underwear. It's his green underwear sticking out at the back of his trunks. He looked like such an idiot. Oh. Anyway. Um, oh, well. fucking, yeah, Taz like, you tell him to get some black underwear. It matches his tights, at least. Jesus, the guy looks like the shit. In the undies. Oh, sure. Wrestling on the undies. Oh, more I like. love Taz. I love Taz. He's so funny. Um, 
Is there any match? I know we're, we're getting, jumping ahead to the, the actual preview here. Is there any match you're looking forward to more than Miro and Lance Archer? Probably not. Uh, I loved the- when Miro was like, Yeah, you got your old man holding you back. Yeah. And Jake was like sick of him. And oh, I was like, oh, Here we go. Haas is fighting. Oh, great. Miro's great. Oh, Miro is really good. So good. So, so good. Um, really- Jake Roberts got another ridiculous pro I can't even remember what it was. It was like three little pigs or something. Like oh yeah. one of those type of promos. Like, oh God. That's what we need again. Oh, I kinda liked it. It, it was it made no sense. Right. Like, you, you, yeah. you you think you're the big bad wolf blowing down all yeah. the houses oh, well. Well we ain't here to play or something. It's like what? What does that mean? Um we then had a call back to one of the more iconic TNA moments where Sting was in a Sting mask. <laughs> that was good. That was I like fun. that. Very funny. I don't know why um, Darby suddenly had 10 people in sting masks come out to him. Like, logically, I didn't. Mind games. Mind games. I said mind games, yeah. brother. Mind games, yeah. Mind um, games, brother. Yeah, and Sting could have just not had the mask on. He had the face paint anyway. But it was That's very the funny. Beat. It was very funny. Um, and then you had the inner circle promo at the end. Uh, they really don't trust Ortiz on the microphone, do they? No. Um, All he got to say was, that was beautiful, brother. That was it. <laughs> yeah, well, Satana's the talker. Everyone know. else, even Jake Hager, got a little... Yeah, crazy. why didn't Jake Hager talk? That's the real question. I've had, I've had enough of that now, to be honest. Santana was great, to be fair. Santana's always good, yeah. Santana always delivers. Um, and then Inner Circle, uh, uh, Pinnacle jumped him. Like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Which, which leads me to think that Inner Circle are probably going to win. Because the, the double pile drivers through the tables was such... A big mm-hmm. spot to give away and to go home. Yeah, like th- that's that's the spot that's potentially the finish to the match. Like, and yeah. they've done that now, so that hints to me that they're not doing that. If you're not going to win, hell of a fit. Like two pile drivers off this little ramp. Yeah. It was fucking hell. It looked yeah. great. That looked really dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> but um, great. The beatdown was the beatdown was all right. Um, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I I don't know who's going to win. I, I I do really feel like it's inner circle's time to to yeah. bow to bow out. I think. Um, yeah, I feel like they feel like it isn't though. We need that um, Jake Hager singles run. Oh god, <laughs> it just gets worse. Yeah, it, it, um, we're, we're at the point now where it, it was initially great getting them up and over Guevara, Ortiz, and Santana, but now it feels like more of a hindrance. Like, imagine what you could get with Sammy Guevara as a singles wrestler now. Right. Like, when's the last time Guevara was involved in an interesting feud? No idea. On his own, uh, like you know what I mean, like, like two years ago with Darby, maybe <laughs> exactly. So let them let them go free, maybe, and Jericho can have have a year off. Yeah, that's needed. Also, uh, let's look at this card then. Go um, for it. Pre-show match, pretty good pre-show match to be fair. Uh, Serena Deeb versus Riho. That matches for the NWA yeah. title. Um, Not bad. The ever reliable Deeb. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. I will uh, actually watch that. I usually skip the pre-show. But that's pretty yeah, good. That's pretty and good. Rio, I I I think Rio's alright. I never fully gelled with Rio. No. I think she's just too small. It's so, something about watching her. I don't know. I, she. I, I mean, that is that is undeniable. She's very small. She's undeniably small, which isn't necessarily a valid reason. But I don't know. Something about her never fully clicked like she does. Um. Uh, yeah, but I, I I do really like Rio, and I think she even with those uh, reservations, she does deliver. I think. Yeah, of course. Um, so that'd be that's a that's a strong pre-show, to be fair. So yeah, then the main card here: Cody Rhodes versus Anthony 
Ogogo, Cody Rhodes, oh, Aaron Anderson, the American Dream. The American Dream, sorry, yes, the American Dream. The what a match to there. use that moniker on. A complete throwaway match with this lad who's never had a Ah, no, come on. I think this has been, I think this has been well built. I think this has been well built. My only issue is that they, that in, in the last three weeks, the Cody character has become such an unlikable arsehole. And that now <laughs> the, first, the first show back with a full capacity crowd deep in the heart of Florida, yeah. the, the, the Brit is the baby face, you know. Um, <sighs> Uh, I so I but I I liked all the QT stuff up until the Cody promo I will say um, and yeah, I, think, I, I, I agree I, I agree and Gogo is like Gogo is like their first I think I think Cody's even used the term he's like their first developmental quote unquote wrestler that right. they sign they signed from outside of wrestling to trade and so far he's been a huge success yeah but uh, this is this is the test you know it is I don't know what kind of match I expect them to actually have. Maybe I mean, I hope Gogo go, go should win. Hopefully it's a punch, punch, punch. Cody bleeds from the mouth and passes out or something like that. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that, I think, I think uh, the, the closer we get to it, the more I think Gogo's got to win. Um, they don't, you don't exactly get, I, I thought this about Jade Cargill as well, you don't exactly get 10 million people begging to be wrestlers who look and have the kind of X factors that they do. Yeah, so so I would tread very carefully, and usually like when Lance Archer or people like that who have tons of potential, when they lose to a boxer or Cody, like ah well look whatever you know, build them back up down the line. It's fine, but with when when people have that 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 IRL charisma, that kind of intangible, I, I would play it super safe and I would have him win. But we'll see. Um, it's gonna it's definitely regardless of what kind of it's gonna be a dog and pony show. There's gonna be running in mm. the the two groups are gonna fight. There's gonna be blood. You know it, it's um, we'll see. We got the uh, uh, Casino Battle Royale uh, is back for the uh, number one contendership, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we got Christian Cage, Matt Seidel, Powerhouse Hobbs, Penta, Jungle Boy, Matt Hardy, Mark Quinn, Isaiah uh, Cassidy, The Blade, Evil Uno, Cole Cabana, Preston Vance, Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., Matt Caster, Anthony Bowens, QT Marshall, Nick Camarado, Dustin Rose, Lee Johnson, and TBA. Mm. Uh, no, no interviews on Busted Open from Tony Khan saying this is a Hall of Famer or this is the greatest. <laughs> this is the greatest worker of all Some time. Legit greatest. Yeah. So. This is uh, someone I had to buy the rights to Final Countdown for. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I don't. I don't anticipate it being someone of that level. No, but no, no. they also have potentially learned from the Christian Cage situation about not fucking building up people too much. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Just let um, the surprise be a surprise, whoever it is, of whatever level they are. You know, like Seidel. You don't have to build it up as, yeah, it's this fucking high flying guy who's in some of the best spots of all time. Just let it be what it is. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, and I think then if it's, you know, uh, I heard a, I'm not saying a great theory. I don't think it's a great theory, but I heard a, a reasonable possible theory that TBA could be Kazarian because he's like, uh, the elite broke up my team, and he said he's mm. going to go get the elite, which I think would not. I mean, it would be logical. I don't think I, I would like that. That's a that's a wet part of a TBA. I think. Yeah, I think when you have a TBA, it has to be somebody new. And yeah. even if it's a one-off, like the 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 legend, the myth that when Matt Seidel debuted, that was supposed to be Nick Gage before he hurt his ankle. Um, uh, <laughs> Imagine Nick Gage. 
But that'd be <laughs> fucking great. Because, you know, Tony, Tony Khan would pay for the music. He'd come out to For Whom the Bell Tolls. And that's what, that's what Nick Cage is good. Yeah, and in, in five seconds time, he'd be shooting on Max Caster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's good. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it is. But, uh, yeah, I can't... I, I haven't even really seen any speculation. I don't think... I. I it, it's probably going to be someone on the roster, I, I would say. Um, oh, I, mm, I don't like the sound of that, though. Yeah, I don't know. It's I, I guess the so far has been generally very good about not fucking over the fans' expectations. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but I think that, but like you said, they've measured them this time. They haven't gone out and said anything crazy. Yeah, but the fact uh, that it's still a question mark, the, the, the yeah. ace of... Jokers, or whatever the fuck it is, and their stupid casino shite they do. They did. Uh, Khan did say that with the launch of the second television show and the and the new deal they got, that yeah. he, he's kind of back in signing mode. That was something. Or, who or something. who else was there when when Rusev got released? Who else was in that group? Because well, I think it's probably still too soon for anyone from the last set, isn't it? It's not going to be. It's not going to be Tucky. Yeah, but I, I I don't think there's anyone of any note from that are, that pre- original pandemic release list, is there? Because like Rusev was the guy. I think he was the, the one that everyone said, "Well, this is the guy you got to get." Um, Let's have uh, a look at the uh, thing. Um, uh, Kurt, Rusev, Kurt Angle. <laughs> 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 In the shield clothes, um, this TNA song, you know. <laughs> oh, the TNA song! I would, I would love the TNA song. Yeah. Um, no way, Jose could we? No way. Uh, oh, Rowan, Eric Young, Leo Rush, Aiden yes. English. Leo um, Rush wouldn't be bad. Leo Rush is a very good wrestler. Yeah, Leo Rush. Yeah. Primo and Epico. No, Aiden English isn't up to much these days, is he? Uh, he works. Actually, he used to work in these. He, I feel like he's changed all his social media stuff to just be his name now. Yeah, um, he's married to um, the Guerrero daughter. So that's his. Yes. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we'll see. There's, there's also like as dry as the scene is. There's tons of indie people. It could be. It could be fucking. You want to get somebody in for a one-off, like Loki or whatever the fuck, you know? They um, could. I tell you what. They could always get in. Um, Drake Younger. Be cool. Oh, be cool, yeah. Who's who's more likely, Drake Younger or be cool? <laughs> Probably be cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's that match. The, the usual fare with that one. Right. Uh, Adam Page versus Brian Cage. Uh, singles match. This is obviously Page just getting his, his, his win back for the... Yeah. Uh, that's fine. Uh, they and they, they they they've continued the team Taz thing here because basically it's like oh you, you're you're afraid to fight me and, and Brian Cage mm. like okay well I'll leave them behind for this match. Um, so we'll see if he does. Um, seems like a good setup for Team Taz comes out and costs him the match by accident. Yeah, something like that. I'd say it'd be a good match for sure. I I hope there's I hope there's no Dark Order running on this one. I'm very much done with that. And I'm what Dark Order, Jenny Hunky. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm not even. I can even. I'm. I'm okay with with Dark Order. I'm. I'm done with them and Adam Page. Why? Because I want to like Adam Page as a world champion contender, mm, and having yeah. having fucking you know Johnny Hunky come out and fucking do a dive onto Ricky Starks every time. 
Like, Hangman Adam Page, he's supposed to be fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin. He should be laying these people out on his own. He shouldn't he's hanging out with the oddities. That's true. He should, That's true. He should not be... And it was it was all right for a while, but he was being a fucking depressed loser backstage. But now he's a depressed loser who hangs around with the fucking the, the high school band. You know what I mean? They're just <laughs> uh, anyway. I love the Dark Order. Sorry, uh, I think they're great. We've got a, a a TNT champion. This card. I'm glad I'm not staying up late. It's ten matches, and it's good. I I know. I'm staying up. I have it ordered, ready to oh, go. It's going to be fucking. Four hours Big long. dairy milk with crunchy bits ready to go. Well, you'll be crunching into them as you watch Miro face Lance Archer. Can't fucking wait for that. Big one. boys. Big boys. That King Kong versus Godzilla. Game. That's going to be much better than the previous King Kong Godzilla match. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, from Dynamite. Oh, with Bear Boys. Bear whatever they're called. Bear Boys. Big Bear. The Bearback Boys, yeah. Oh, they suck. <laughs> Uh, we've got Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page in yeah. a professional wrestling tag team match. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. About it'll, Sting. Be it'll be I good. It'll be good. Right. I think it'll be pretty good. I mean, you do have three great wrestlers in it, to be fair. And and, uh, <laughs> and Scorpio Sky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Sting, Sting, to be fair, is, you know, I, I've enjoyed most of his latter career performances but we'll we'll see in this yeah. one yeah um, he'll get the hot tag and, and the crowd in. will go ape shit for his hot tag yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah it'll probably be, be pretty good i suppose to be fair uh we've got the young bucks versus john moxley daddy kingston for the title <laughs> that'll be good yeah. fun looking forward to that um it kind of feels like too early for the young bucks to lose but i think they should i quite liked um kingston and moxley's promo on dynamite by the way we didn't mention yes. it but i thought it was good fun good. even john though they cut to it and then went to break and yes, they, they cut to break and then they replayed it after break, which was, which was funny. Um, John Moxie calling them Rod and Todd Flanders. Was, very good, very, was, very good. About man. as good as it as good as it gets. Yeah, um, yeah, that should be a great match. All they're all great. They 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 will certainly get the best out of each other. Um, I I actually don't know which way the result's going to go. I would like to see Kingston and, and Moxley win because they just they never beat Moxie really, but they always beat Kingston. So I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem very AEW to beat like the supposed greatest tag team ever with two singles wrestlers, you know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see on that one. Uh, then, as we get into the business end of the card, uh, Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker for the title. I mean, you, you, you probably you you'll only get like a penny in return because it's the surest thing ever. But put the rent money on on Britt Baker. I mean, it's mm-hmm. that's going to be your pop of the night when she wins. I'm predicting. Yeah. It's it's time for sure, and I do like that. You know, Sheeta will get her return match in front of crowds. This show will be in front of a sold out crowd, so mm-hmm. she gets her moment. You know, after being the pandemic champion, which is nice. Um, but yeah, it's it's yeah, obviously she, it's obviously time. She's there, Becky Lynch. To be fair, Baker. Yeah, she's she's yeah. like the biggest star in the company, almost. Yeah, she, yeah, genuinely, yeah, I, I would say mm-hmm. so. Um, and then I I would imagine this will I don't know where they're going to put this match on, on the show, but Kenny Omega defending the title against Orange Cassidy versus Pac probably uh, before a Stadium Stampede. I, 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 I would say so, yeah. Um, or if they just since they're if they're since they're switching the format, just they can open with it. I think that would be a cool opener. Maybe. Um, in the in the mid card where it belongs, where it belongs. Uh, Bill decide. I, I this should be a banger as far as an in yeah, match goes. Yeah. I mean, um, oh, of course, Omega and Pox matches. I mean, you forget, but they were so fantastic. 
uh, Cassidy and Pack, obviously, a lot of great matches. Um, and I think three of them will. I think they'll do some clever stuff, and I think it'll be all action. Um, another sure thing, though, obviously, put the house on Kenny. Um, this is all going to sound really bad in about six hours when they when Sheeta and Orange Cassidy are, are world champion. Um, yeah, and uh, that will then take us presumably to the main event, uh, Stadium Stampede Two, which is the Pinnacle: MJF, Wardlow, Sean Spears, Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood versus the Inner Circle: Jericho, Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz. If the there was no lose, no mention to how they got Santana out of prison, by the way. No, they didn't bring that up, funnily enough. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, there was a report that this match will have some aspect of a live component to it. It's not going to be 20,000 people in daily space watching the screen. Um, yeah, I saw the report that it'll be like a mix of live and cinematic, but the first one wasn't cinematic. That's the thing, yeah. I always get annoyed when people call it that. I'm like, no, it was just a false cut anywhere match. It was an empty arena match, like whatever. Yeah. It was, um, um, and they've 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 constantly suggested that this one's going to be uh, something resembling more serious. It's not going to be uh, Matt Hardy teleporting in the river and Hangman Page <laughs> in the ice the machine or whatever it was. Um, although I fucking love the horse when Hangman Page came in on the horse. See, that's what I want. That's why I don't like the Dark Order thing. He needs to be fucking riding in on a horse with a bandana like he's fucking playing Red Dead Redemption fucking ripping the shit out of people. Yeah. Um, think about that horse except the horse is Johnny Hungy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, even better. Alright, I'm back in. I'm back in. Okay, we're back. Um, Okay, and he, he's got a horse bag on his face. He's eating some oats or something. Oh, so uh, yeah, I I think the, I love the first one. So we'll see how this uh, how this goes, uh, and hopefully the inner circle disbands. Fingers crossed. Uh, and that is that is the show. I'm not, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I've been I've been very wishy washy on AEW pay per views in the past, but I'm, there's some stuff that does look very good. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so we'll see. And we'll, we'll call the show there, folks. Um, by the time you listen to this, you will assuredly know the results, so you can tweet us and let us know how bad our predictions were. Yeah, but it's nice for us to be able to double dip on a show once in a while. We get a preview and a review out of it this time. Yeah, we, we rarely do that. Which, double the content. Which is good. Um, yeah, so we'll be back next week reviewing this show. We'll also have more uh, of all the usual funny games, TV, movies, games, life, all that other stuff. I assume we might have a, a Mayor of Easttown finale review next week. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, the last episode was great. Mm, I forgot so to mention we'll have, on TV. Of course I watched that. Yeah. We'll have, uh, we'll have that next week, the finale. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. Do tune in next week for all of that. Twitter.com slash JerryShopPod. JerryShopPodcast.com for all the other stuff and pop us an email as well. I haven't had a few emails in a few weeks. So do pop us a mail with your pop us a mail with your double or nothing thoughts. How about that? Um and yeah, so we will call it there. Thanks very much for listening. It's goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. goodbye.